And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. This edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful Northwest Pennsylvania. Indeed, and on this historic day, this is in the inauguration of the 45th President of the United States, the 58th inauguration that took place. We covered that for a couple of hours today, until it became until you know you have to stop uh, at some point uh, just to avoid being redundant. It's not coverage for the sake of coverage; it's coverage for the sake of news. And of course, during that time, we we uh, had noted that uh, many of the protesters, or there's many protests during the parade as well, and several hundred uh, uh, protesters were were out. Uh, some say as many as a thousand along and near the parade route, but um, um, different cities as well. But in D.C., in particular, a couple hundred, I think 217 were arrested. Some police officers were um, were hospital or were treated for injuries. It's, uh, but nonetheless, there's no, nothing major that, that, that took place. And of course, now tonight are the inaugural balls. Uh, my question is, look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm tired right now. How, how, it's 71 years old or 70 years, seven, seven, seven months and seven days old, Donald Trump right today. Man, somebody would have to be, you know, taping me to a pole to stay upright. Um, seriously. Uh, what a long day. He's got the energy, apparently. He's got the stamina. And he saw I that on the, on the campaign trail. Um, I mean, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Uh, although, I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, Healthmaster's uh, products are fantastic. But still, come on, man. You know, seriously. But in, in standing there, you know, for the, the parade, um, that was a long parade. Uh, i got to tell you, that was... That was a long, long parade. But, you know, do, do you remember it being that long, folks? It's just a question. Do you remember um, the previous ones being being like this? Or is this just, I mean, or I, I don't know. Or wasn't it publicized as much? Or are we paying more attention now than we were a couple probably of years that. ago? Probably paying more attention now. All right. I, I mean, I know, they, I know there was no change. But, boy, uh, you know, Donald Trump really uh, took to the woodshed the previous administrations in his inaugural speech seriously saying you know your time's over basically and uh joe you i'm gonna you've got i know you've got some things to say about that we've got a great program for you lined up uh tonight we've got uh uh but before we do let me tell you fortune's nice broadcast brought to you by bamboo hr have you heard of this company bamboo hr Oh, wow. If you own a small business or manage one, are you responsible for human resources, records, and paperwork for your company? And are you overwhelmed? you got to try this company. I've done it. Bamboo HR. you got to visit BambooHR.com. Click on the mic and enter our code HH to get a free 14-day trial. Try it. You don't wonder how you ever got along without it. I've tried it, used it, uh, taken it for a test drive. It is fantastic. Man, it, it manages uh, your employees. 
in terms of time and such. It's one simple central system for keeping me organized and detailed records for every employee. That's bamboohr.com. Bamboohr.com. One more time, bamboohr.com. Click on HH for a free 14-day trial. More on that later. But, yeah, so what's of, on your radar? Well, there's a couple of post-inauguration things to, to look at. One is um, Rachel Maddow and Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews called the Trump speech at Larian. Rachel Maddow says it was militant and it was dark and hard to hear also. Um, these people are going to lose all their relevancy. They're not reporting the events as a a journalist they're reporting them with their own twisted misguided logic and insanity Uh, I I just the only people that are going to continue to watch these programs and the other news organizations that continue to just bash Trump are those who already hate him and Trump did some there's some interesting things going on with the uh, White House website there have been the removal of all references to climate change on the White House website, as well as uh, taking down special rights for LGBT people, which is the way it should be. Everybody's equal under the law. There shouldn't be any special rights, special groups, special protections, because everybody should be protected by the same law. And I think that will anger some people. They will take it as an insult because their group is not being held up to some kind of endangered, protected class. But it does make a lot of sense when you when you step back and look at it um, from a, a common sense perspective. And then there are uh, you have other things happening. The ACLU launched their first wet, uh, lawsuit against Trump already. I don't know for what. Um, CNN did a piece, dear president, welcome to the real world, where they so are already <laughs> trying to take him to task for things that he hasn't done. That's the American justice system for you then. But I mean, the uh, yeah. the climate change. Let's sue him. Let's sue him. Ah. And, and uh, another thing I found today, the in China, you know, they were not allowed to show any live feeds of the inauguration, and they told all the media they were not allowed to to report on the inauguration. Even um, American journalists over there were taken to Twitter saying how they were uh, being censored or banned from from talking about Trump or making it the focus. It could not be the focus of a lot of stations, and they could not show the live stream. And apparently that's due to their uncertainty as to how to handle Trump and not wanting a populist-type movement to sweep through their communist nation. But back to the climate change, I wanted to, to touch on this. Sure. There's an interesting yeah. article on climatedepot.com. All references to climate change deleted from White House website at noon today. And the article goes on to actually, uh, and I'm not familiar with this website, but it goes on to say that this is a good thing. They even got a quote from a meteorologist and Weather Channel founder, John Coleman, who used one word to describe the White House climate website changes, which was hooray. And, um, again, all references to climate change have been deleted from the White House website at 11.59 a.m., 12 o'clock, right when he was sworn in. And I think that's um, a smart thing to do to a degree. And Obama had a, a big climate change page where it had many different offshoots and, and hyperlinks to go from and listed all the different policies and things they were doing to help battle climate change. But I think the sooner we understand, and Stan Deo talks about this a lot, how it's not just the earth that goes through temperature fluctuations. It's based on the solar system is going through the same fluctuations and that's due to 
what's happening with the sun. And a big problem that a lot of uh, climate change, anti-climate change people, man-made climate change people have, is the fact that the government thinks that they can regulate the climate the way they want to. And I don't think that's possible. So taking a more scientific approach instead of a junk science approach is the right thing to do. And I think we will see that with Trump. There's also a lot of articles um, showcasing the the quality of people, the the protesters at the inauguration, which uh, there's a good story on PJ Media. It says the, the faces of the ugly liberal left. And they'd said that that way because they showed all these people in hoods and, and you know, black anarchists and Satanist gear. And oh, I wonder if they're, they're going to sue, uh, I wonder if the, the, the protesters are going to sue PJ Media now. And they were just saying yeah. how, you know, it would be best for Democrats if these people weren't out the way they were and how um, if this is what the, you know, far left is looking like, they lack all morality and, and values and... um they make the point that you know middle, middle America would be scared to see the type of people that are against Trump, and judging by who's against him and protesting against him, you can uh, judge what kind of person he is. That's what the the point the article makes, saying that you know if you look at his enemies, um, he's doing something right. So, yeah, if you if you want to know who a man who a man is, look at his enemies. I believe that to be true. Um, yeah, if you want to know a man's character, look at his enemies. And, and just a, a quick update um, after this segment, next segment, before Dr. Ted Brewer joins us, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to be joined by Samuel Culper, who is a four years Army veteran and eight year private contractor who teaches military intelligence gathering techniques to preparedness minded civilians. He's the editor of Forward Observer, yeah. and he'll be with us in the next segment, which will be. Um, <laughs> should be very interesting. He's a first-time guest, and I'm sure we're going to hear more from him in the future. And just as I thought, uh, the Financial Times, there's an article on Drudge about China censoring the inauguration. Yeah, and, and there, uh, there have been many websites hit, by the way. I just want to tell you this. Many websites hit by uh, DDoS attacks originating from China and from Korea. And I don't, know, I don't know what that's about, but just take that to heart. Take that, understand that. So, yeah, uh, the updated numbers that you talked about, because it was only 100 protesters arrested, but 200 plus protesters arrested. And, uh, is that your computer? Is that me? That's me. That's a still live inauguration day protest coming from the RT feed on their website. Um, still ongoing. About the protest, I saw a few things in, in, from cities around the country, Portland boarded up, some of the stores boarded up a lot of their windows and said they were preparing for protests, which they're obviously preparing for more than protests if they're boarding up their storefront windows in downtown Portland. But there are, um, as expected, a number of events, protest events scheduled around the country for tonight and this weekend. And I would urge folks, wherever you are, if you're in a city, um, to to do some research before you find yourself in a situation you might not want to be in. I think they're going to be the protests around the country are going to be a lot worse than what we saw at the inauguration today. People love and look for any excuse to to get out there and, and cause trouble, especially younger people, and they're going to take advantage of that, I believe. And I don't think it'll be like the Ferguson, Missouri, uh, you know, kind of type riots around the country, but it could get a little out of hand. 
and I guarantee that the police in all across the country are preparing for it. If the storefronts are preparing for it in different cities, so are the police. You know, it's it's interesting. You you look at countries like, well, Sarajevo and other places, and and you look at the the people. Some of these people are young people, well dressed, intelligent looking, college educated, or college brainwashed, and that's a different kind of protester than the the ma- I mean, you've got the the framework who appear that way then then of course the the masses on the fringes it's just it's just uh i just have a problem with with this with all of this these protesters i do um they're not protesters well, they're rioters protesting they're rioters but they these a lot of these people if you look back at the, what's happening around the inauguration they have they knew what they were getting into they have goggles they all have you know some type of face masks and hood on they were prepared for tear gas, pepper spray. And then I saw Larry King. Um, did you see that limo that was broken? And then some, yes. That was Larry yeah. King's limo. He was inside a studio. Oh, really? Doing an interview. Yeah, yeah. He tweeted out how his limo was vandalized and then how it was put on fire. And he said he was all right and his driver was a little shaken up. but Couldn't hear out of his one ear, I think, for a while is what I heard. But, but yeah, uh, you're right. These are not protesters. These are people who came looking for trouble. <laughs> Bless you. And um, they're going to continue throughout the country. Back to um, what Rachel Maddow and Chris Matthews were talking about. Uh, I want to read to you what Rachel Maddow said because I, I kind of skipped over this part of it. When It's really important because it shows you how far out of touch and how far away from the truth these people are perceiving things to be. Um now, what she says was uh, is as follows. Um, As Donald Trump's inauguration ceremony came to close, Rachel Maddow commented that America's new president struck an alarming note through much of his speech earlier today. Trump used his speech to talk about America's first mantra and his various campaign promises to lead America into a new order. Even so, Trump did talk at length about the nation's problems, and Rachel Maddow reacted by noting the contrast between Trump and the more optimistic, hopeful speeches of former President Obama. And that's what she said. It was militant, and it was dark, Maddow said. The crime, the gangs, the drugs, this American carnage, despair, decay. You can't imagine the outgoing president giving a speech like that. Now, uh, I want to go back over this whole paragraph because it's very... I, I don't know what world she lives in. It was militant and dark, is, is what she first describes the speech as. And then she she says this, the crime, the gangs, the drugs, this American carnage, despair, decay. I don't know what she's even referring to unless she's talking about the overall state of our nation and how far it has uh, gone downhill since Obama took office. But I doubt that. As she next sentence, she says, you can't imagine the outgoing president giving a speech like that. And that I agree with. Barack Obama would have never gave a speech talking about putting American people first, putting the country first, putting the needs of the people of the country first. Many of his speeches he, he talked about himself, and, and um, it was polar opposites to see uh, what Trump said versus what we've had for the last you know, 8, 12, however many years. So Matt, I went on to say that Trump's speech was reminiscent of nationalistic trends in America around World War II, and she used the Isolationist American First Committee 
as her prime example. And she goes on to say, the American First Committee is something that means a specific thing in this country. To repurpose it now, not that far down the historical path, it's hard. It's hard to hear. Now, I was unfamiliar with uh, American First. And um, after Mattis' commentary, Chris Matthews praised the imagery Trump used about rejuvenating America, but then said it was Hitlerian. The speech was Hitlerian. So... As expected, the uh, media on the left. And one thing that I wanted to talk about the media, what they're one of the, the talking points in the mainstream media today was trying to um, to to poke remarks about the the number of people who were at the inauguration. It looked filled up to me. I, I haven't seen any estimates or counts. People said there was, uh, the media said there was going to be about nine hundred thousand people there. But what I find interesting, uh, I think they're comparing it to Obama's first inauguration, but how come they never mentioned the crowd size Trump gained during the presidential campaign at, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 people at multiple locations every day? They never once talked about the size of Trump's crowds during the uh, campaign, on the campaign trail, but during the inauguration, they're trying to Undermine them by understating the size of the audience. <coughs> Excuse me. Another uh, CNN anchor called the crowd uh, vanilla ice cream because it, he said it lacked any diversity of people. But uh, if you go back and look, I, I think you uh, can find much diversity there. So overall, it was a success. The smooth transition transition of power happened without incident, as was expected. Yep. And uh, as we've been talking about, I think the, the uphill battle starts now. But there seems to be two camps of people on the Internet. I've been reading a lot of comments today, uh, especially from the Chris Matthews and then the Rachel Maddow story. That that was amazing. If you read those comments, there's at least a 1,000 on the Rachel Maddow one. It's on Mediate. It's titled, It Was Militant and It Was Dark. And then It, it Was Hitlerian was the Chris Matthews one. But... You have, and this was this. The trend didn't really start, but it was um, put out in the forefront during the the last election cycle, where you have you know thirty, forty, fifty people uh, tearing down the lies of, of Rachel Maddow, and then you have one or two people who are uh, incessantly posting, constantly trying to, oh, Trump's a rape, you know, trying to throw their insults in there, and I, the people aren't having it. I think they're they're very sick and tired of the divisive nature of the last eight years. They were tired of being lied to. They are tired of, of being promised one thing and, and watching another thing being done. And I think the people are, are just looking, I mean, when you look at what happened during this last election cycle, the people overwhelmingly said no to more of an Obama-era extension through Hillary Clinton, and they, was, they wanted something different. The only... Uh, the biggest wall I see for Trump is being able to, even if he does everything right, the media is not going to give him any credit for it, and they're going to keep playing into this negative narrative with their bias, with their fake news, with their twisted attempt at common sense, and it's just going to create more anger towards Trump with people who are already angry. And I know there's a lot of people who are uncertain about what to expect during this presidency. And I hope he, he follows through with his promises and, and uh, does what he said he's going to do. 
because that would be a huge change from what we've had in any time I can remember in history since I've been alive. So here we are. Yeah, here we are. Good, good job. Good job as I walked in front of the camera to, as I had a sneezing fit there, I apologize. Um, happens. Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing to see some of the, the, uh, subjects being discussed and folks, we don't, we go to the dark places on the internet so you don't have to. Um, of course, you know, uh, Mother sues to stop Bible classes in West Virginia schools. What was that? Mother sues to stop Bible classes in West Virginia schools. You've got this. Uh, in Morgantown, a kindergartner's mother sued her public school system in West Virginia, saying a 75-year-old practice of putting kids in Bible classes violates U.S. and state constitution. Now, do you think somebody paid her to do that? I, I, I do. I do. Because in my view, behind most lawsuits, there is, unless it's a personal injury suit, um. Yeah, it, it suits like this. Because sure, she, I think she's so. not suing for money. I imagine she's suing to get that removed from the curriculum. Well, and she she's identified as Jane Doe in the federal lawsuit. So, backed by the Freedom from Religion Foundation, she whiz, huh? There, there it is. Mickey okay, Weinstein, right. Harvey Weinstein, right. whatever his name is. He's the the militant anti-Christian. Take Bibles out of the hotels. Don't let anybody in the military even be able to look at a Bible or have one open on their desk. Um, you agree not to even, you know, read the... I remember just recently there was a story where he helped another soldier sue the commanding officer because the guy had a Bible just open on his desk. It wasn't reading. It wasn't even at his desk. And another uh, a serviceman came in for something, saw the Bible, and was triggered. Right. And <laughs> ran Jeez. to the Freedom From Religion Foundation where... The Weinstein guy um, took up the case. Yeah, you know, so there's that, and then of course you got Gloria Allred, uh, who's seeking public donations to support that summer or um, what is it, Sumner Reserve lawsuit, the uh, lawsuit against Trump. Uh, I, you know, I looked at that. To me, it, it's without merit as far as I'm concerned. You, you know, what I'm talking about um, Gloria Allred. She's a high-profile California attorney. She's collecting uh, people's donations to support the case <clears throat> filed against Donald Trump, and, and that's the thing. You become high profile, and everyone you just 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 know this. You you can become high profile, and you get sued. It's just it's, it's you, part of the process. Take, just take it to the bank. All right, uh, you don't have to do anything wrong. No, well, you know, of course, Donald Trump here. Uh, uh, the former apprentice consistent summer, uh, Sumner Zervos is suing Trump for defamation after she says she, uh, yeah, that he, that she says he lied about touching her. Nee, 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 nee. Are you, okay. So, so, okay, we're, yeah, uh, here, I'm gonna launch this for our legal fees so we can sue Trump because he, Lied when he said he didn't touch her. Now we're going to sue her. So, because he's such a bad person. And you know, yeah, look, even if this was Bill Clinton in this case, okay. Uh, no, I, that doesn't compute because Bill Clinton has a history of sexual assaults well, okay. and rapes. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is the whole process, this Gloria Allred, that, that makes me sick. Even if, if the defendant in this case was, I don't care who the defendant is, this process makes me sick. Now, I, it's more believable with Clinton, obviously. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, but but this come on, you know. Again, it's he he he. Here, my feelings when he said I lied. 
Except, so, gosh. So, yeah, expect that. Um, expect it. It's going to happen. And, of course, you know, everyone wants to impeach, impeach uh, Trump already, and we see that. Let's not wait to see anything he does. Let's let's go try to impeach him right now. Um, and, of course, the fact that, uh, I again, those little sounds you hear, folks, you hear those little sounds, those little popping sounds, kind of like little explosions. Those are the sounds of the progressives' heads exploding. It might be in your neighbor. It might be down the road. And, and expect it to continue for a while. You'll, you'll be driving around all of a sudden here. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Oh, I don't know, honey. Oh, you know what? I know. That was Nancy's head exploding. Nancy, the progressive now over the LGBT supporter, that was her head exploding. And then you're driving, you know, or, or you're out there, and, and so you're out there shoveling the driveway or whatever. Walking your dog, and you hear, oh well, what was that? Well, that 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 was Ron's uh, head exploding. You see, he's a he's a big uh, proponent of uh, global warming and yeah. switching gears here in the last minute before well, you we, like we bring on our Come guests. On. No, I want to hit this. Right. Um, there's two stories about CNN and fake news. Uh, YMCA accused of censorship after banning CNN from TV after getting complaints that it was fake news. Uh, not long after President-elect Trump accused CNN of being fake and refused to take questions from CNN reporter, the Valspirio family YMCA has declared the channel off-limits in its workout rooms. Uh, due to the concern that CNN is not a reputable news organization and does not tell the truth. Now, in a separate story, Nancy Sinatra slams CNN and congratulates Trump and asks CNN, why do you lie, CNN, as they tried to spin a story. You lie. Daughter of you Frank Sinatra Nancy accused CNN of deliberately twisting a comment she made in reference to President Trump before congratulating Trump on his inauguration. Nancy Sinatra is not happy using uh, Trump using her father's song at the inauguration, CNN said, and she replied, that's not true, I never said that. CNN, why do you lie? So the uh I agree. I, the, I mean there's enough stuff going on in the world. I don't understand why these people have to just so discord lie. I guess it's what they've always done. It's in their nature. All right, when we come back, we are going to be joined oh goodness by Samuel Culper. And then after that, Dr. Ted Brewer will be our guest from eight to ten, covering a number of uh stories he researched today and put a lot of work into getting together so we'll be right back stay with us Ladies and gentlemen, this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, so happy to uh, have you along with us. We really appreciate you joining us, and thank you for your belief and your trust in us as we as we see the events unfold today, very historic events. Whether you're, um, regardless of which side of, of the political aisle you're on, I, I think the, the fact that uh, this is a historic day should resonate with everyone if you're an American. And, uh, it, it you know, absolutely. But let me ask you, folks. I, and I want to. I'm, I'm talking to business. Well, anyone? Do you run a small business or uh, or manage one? Do you? Are you responsible for the human resource, take care of personnel? 
Maybe you have a maybe you have a couple of dozen people. Maybe you've got up to a hundred people. I don't know. Uh, if if you know how hard difficult it is, the daily grind, for example, of res- resolving payroll issues, answering questions, uh, just putting out fires, chasing down data, filing, organizing. Hey, have you have you been involved in that? You know, uh, pretty soon you got a file cabinet full of, of of employee files, and then you got to be sure that you're 100 percent with respect to the law. Well, I've got something for you. BambooHR.com. You're not going to forget the name. BambooHR.com. What is BambooHR.com? It's the complete online HR management software for small to medium-sized businesses. It's a simple, central system for keeping organized and detailed records for every employee. No more file cabinets, no more spreadsheets, no more messy whiteboards, no more papers everywhere. Hey, did you forget to log out or log an employee's time off? Or did you forget that they were out last Monday? Well, Bamboo HR does it for you. BambooHR.com does everything for you. I've, I've learned this. I've taken it for a test drive. I like it. Um, look, do you have a confidential salary history filed in paper employee files? Do you know that as an investigator, I've actually, a number of different times been called out to Fortune 100 companies because of, um, well, people looking at, it, people accessing data improperly. Now you've got it all on, on one place online. Everything in one place, job and salary history, vacation, sick days, benefits, training history, so much more. We have a limited offer for you. Visit bamboohr.com. That's bamboohr.com. Enter our, or click on the mic and enter our code HH to get a 14-day trial. I'm going to tell you, you try this, you're a business owner, managing employees, you try this, you will be so impressed. It's great. HR Paperwork Solutions Made Easy. That is BambooHR.com and enter our code HH. Um, right now in this segment, we have a first-time guest coming on, and I'm sure you'll hear him uh, not only today, but again in the future, Samuel Culper of Austin, Texas. He's a military veteran and a former private contractor, the editor of Forward Observer, who teaches military intelligence gathering techniques to preparedness-minded civilians. Mr. Culper, welcome to the show. All right, gentlemen. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, You have a very interesting background, and you've used your military service uh, back home to um, teach civilians a number of things that they would not learn unless them, so they were themselves in the military. Can you tell us about um, the battle tracking and some of the military intelligence techniques that you do teach? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Real-world scenario. So today, uh, myself and a team of really great volunteers have spent, uh, since 8 o'clock this morning, battle tracking the riots and protests in Washington, D.C., surrounding the inauguration. And so battle tracking is a, a system whereby we, we gather raw data and we find ways to put it on a map. And so after a, a period of time, we really have a very good picture of, of the security situation in any given area. And so as we have uh, you know, uh, events not just in D.C., but all across the country, especially in metropolitan areas, uh, you know, it's important for us to be able to, in our own local areas, be able to do that. And that's one of the things that I teach, and I'm happy to do it. The um, gathering intelligence is... Uh We've seen the importance increase, especially in the military and, and the white papers and documents they put out, you know, the human and uh, the human intelligence gathering, the uh, technological intelligence gathering that's done, the data mining. Um, mm-hmm. In your mission statement, you talk about how intelligence drives the fight. 
How important is this aspect? Uh, you know, a lot of people, when they think of battle, they just think of the conflict. They don't think of um, the preparation that go in beforehand. And uh, we've kind of lost our way since, well, not lost our way, the, the way has changed since, you know, the, the Revolutionary War where you had battle maps and strategies and now it's it's more um, less about soldiers and guerrilla warfare, more about you know bombing and, and strategic strikes. But can you share with us the importance of the intelligence in a battle, gathering intelligence? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's say that that you and I are playing chess, and how easy, how much uh, easier is chess when you can see my pieces? Well, now let's put up a blinder where you can't see my pieces. And so just understanding the the way the battlefield, because a chessboard is essentially a battlefield, understanding what the battlefield looks like is a critical part of a commander's picture. And really, a commander cannot operate uh, without any of, without this critical intelligence. You know, Napoleon uh, was famous for saying, "War is 90% information." And he used to send his staff officers out to gather maps and books about these places where he was planning his campaigns. And so, all throughout history, we've seen the importance of of you know. If, whether or not it was called intelligence gathering of, of intelligence gathering. And so we've moved from scouts on, on foot and horseback into today of satellites and, uh, you know, very skilled human intelligence operatives. And so uh, having access to, to intelligence information is not something that we just get overnight. It takes time to build up. And specifically for uh, communities, I, I really highly recommend four different intelligence disciplines, and these can all be developed. It doesn't, we don't need billion dollar budgets to do many of these things. The first is open source intelligence, and we can find lots and lots of information just like we've done all today, uh, all day today on, on Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, Instagram, all sorts of places where people are just freely providing information. And it, you know, a lot of criminals provide information online. We can find out a lot of information about associations and locations based on, on social media. And so that's a really valuable tool that I think, unfortunately, most folks overlook. We could have um, just uh, watched your, 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 just hooked onto your site instead of looking at our, uh, all the multiple feeds that we were looking at. Uh, but so, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, that's, that's right. I mean, you're practicing open, open source intelligence gathering. And so, you know, you intuitively got it. Now all we need is a process and kind of a, a structured method of, of how we exploit all these mediums. And that's something that I'm really big on and, and really enjoy teaching. And there's some other intelligence gathering disciplines that I, I'd be happy, uh, you know, to teach and, and to talk about. Uh, well, should sure. I, should I? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sure. Yeah, so, you know, that's the one that's most overlooked, open source intelligence. With signals intelligence, you know, we think about wiretapping and satellites picking up cell phone and, and metadata and location data. And we, can, we can't we can do cell phones, but not legal at least, but we can do a lot of those things too, uh, you know, just with a simple radio receiver. Listening to a police scanner is a really great way that we can we can collect that kind of information. And there are other ways as well. Imagery intelligence you know, Google Earth, and now Google Earth Pro is free, and there's tons of information about your local area. And so if we're preparing for a disaster or preparing to fight a war, uh, understanding the physical terrain and critical infrastructure is so important. And then finally, the last way is human intelligence, and that's getting out, talking to people, eliciting information from people who may be unwittingly providing us that information. And, uh, you know, those are the four ways that I, I highly recommend that everyone investigate. Um the intelligence is, is there one area that's more important than others, or all of them combined to give you that that big picture? Yeah, well, 
you know, my job in the Army was an all-source intelligence analyst, and so it was important for me to kind of have my my fingers, you know, ch- checking the pulse of all sorts of, of types of information from different sources and different methods of collection. And so it really is mission-dependent. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to dump all this information on no, you. No, no. Uh, I, I know it can be difficult to grasp for a lot of people, and I think that's one reason why people avoid it, because they say, oh, it's just it's so much information. But uh, human intelligence, get out and talk to your neighbors. Get out and talk to your sheriff's deputies or police officers, because most people are willing to help if, if they can. And so just starting to uh, gather information that we don't have, I don't have access to as a civilian, is a, a really great way to kind of uh, understand the security situation, the crime situation in your own area too. All right. To, to, to what end? Uh, I mean, to what end do you do this? Do you teach others to do this? To what end? I mean, what's the objective here? The sure. Objective. Well, ultimately, America is changing, and and we're going to see, we're very likely going to see domestic conflict on this continent, as we've watched it for hundreds of years. Um, you know, really just destroy it destroyed Europe twice, and I think uh, maybe not to the degree of World War One or World War Two, but we're going to have another kind of civil disturbance in America, and it may not even parallel uh, the Civil War, but um, we're going to have conflict in America, and so I, I'm really big about the preservation of liberty, about the uh, you know Western society, um, the values of, of the founders of this country, and so first and foremost, really, it's about community security. If we can, sec- if everyone in this nation, everyone of like mind, every constitutionalist can secure our community, then we're going to be much better off for, you know, restoring vast vast parts of this nation, whether we drag D.C. kicking and screaming or not. And so really the end is to whether whatever uh, bad situation happens, whether it's a domestic conflict or we just slowly become more like Latin America where there's just crime and corruption and um, and there's really not much that we can do about it because those things get so embedded. You, um, One of the things before, I know our time's short today, that I wanted to talk to you about. You're an international uh, international relations writer on Chinese U.S. Chinese China relations. Um, so I want to make sure I bring that up because I want to touch on that before we let you go, especially with this transition of power. And you just um, reiterated something that we talk about a lot about the need for the community and the people to be aware of their surroundings and to know the people who are around them. That way, if something does go bad, you have a much better chance of survival if you band together than if you're out on your own and Mm -hmm. just imagine uh, being in a place where things go bad you don't even know if you can trust your own neighbors that's not a situation anybody wants to be in and that's just some some of the basic things that you can uh, you know that's basic to your survival Um, you produce an executive intelligence summary uh, on a weekly basis what do you focus Mm -hmm. on in that well it's structured as well I, I break it down into four what I what we call priority intelligence requirements and there's the four areas so the first area is systems disruption so we're overly dependent on the internet on the grid on on this digital financial infrastructure we have and it's becoming increasingly vulnerable and the the closer we get to a war with another nation state against especially against a near peer adversary like China the more likely it is that we're are, that we're going to experience systems disruption so the first thing i talk about is is where and how that could happen and really uh, to what end? How it, how does it affect me on my doorstep or in my community? Uh, the second PIR looks at um, uh, the outbreak of war. So 
I have a Russia and China sit rep every week and I, a situation report. And I talk about what's developed this week and if we're inching closer to war with, with any one of those nations. Uh, PIR3, Priority Intelligence Department number three, looks at uh, uh, sociology, social demographic changes, uh, any kind of uh, governmental or political instability. You know, one thing we're obviously tracking right now is organized political violence. And there are definite indicators that that the left is organizing to, uh, you know, not just uh, crimes of opportunity, but uh, of organized political violence. And so that's one thing I'm really looking at. And then finally, the fourth is the financial infrastructure, uh, economic. And with this globalized world, events that happen in China or in Europe could affect uh, America as well. And so it's not just a simple matter of let's look out our doorstep and, and engage the local economy because we're so interconnected. Um, if we look at, at those four, <coughs> excuse me, the and let's take away the threat of, of uh, war, like international conflict with our nation, do you find um, more threats economically or more threats due to the dependence on the grid and the Internet that you uh, mentioned first? Or are they both the same? Yeah, I would say they're different risks. The 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 threat, the cyber threat specifically to critical infrastructure, the risk is way higher because it, it's easy for the power grid to get, be turned off in an instant. Whereas the economy, the economy could just be continued to sluggish. We still live, you know, we still have a fifteen or sixteen trillion dollar economy. It's not going to zero overnight, but the power grid could absolutely go to zero overnight. And so I would definitely say that, that the risk to systems, the risk of systems disruption to critical infrastructure is by far a greater risk. And so much of our economy is now electronic and digital. So uh, just by default, when if the power grid were taken out by an EMP-type device, it would wipe out the most of the economy too. So I guess that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and also I, I just want to say this up. It's, it's important for us to, to understand this concept of resilience. And, yeah, an EMP, our national economy would be destroyed, but the economy overall would not go to zero because we would still barter, we would still trade. And so uh, understanding these threats also helps us to be more, more resilient. Absolutely. Um, as I said, we're going to have you back on in the future. We only have one segment here with you folks. We're talking with Samuel Culper. Um, you can go to – he's the editor – of the website Forward Observer. He's an Army veteran and a private contractor who teaches uh, military gathering techniques to, to preparedness-minded individuals and um, does a lot more, folks. Go to the, the website Forward Observer and um, and check this out. And you're doing, some, uh, you're doing a giveaway today uh, on your website. Is that correct? I... I, well, I didn't. Pl- I didn't plan on it, but yeah, I just want everyone to know. <laughs> well, let's force you <laughs> to get one, some right? traffic to your site. <laughs> what, what, what am I giving away? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Drop on by the site, readfomag.com. I I write in articles about intelligence, uh, not really at an academic level, but at a layman's level. How the average American can put these these systems and processes into play for their own communities. Uh, and you know, if you want to, if if you want access to our intelligence reporting. It goes out every week. Uh, we'd love to have you be a member. We have a lot of other uh, training resources as well. I teach classes also in person, and uh, I'll be in Nashville next month and in Orlando in March. And I'd like to invite you to. Well, um, I didn't plan on doing doing a giveaway, but if either one of you no. would like to attend any one of our classes, come no. on. I'd, I'd love to have you. I apologize. In the email there underneath uh, your information, 
I, I read this wrong. It's a survival blog nonfiction writing contest. But you are, you guys are affiliated with Survival Blog. Uh, yeah, we're we're friends of of the folks who run Survival Blog, and uh, you know, I followed Survival Blog for uh, almost a decade now, and uh, so we're. Uh, we're happy to have our, our our articles posted on there. Sorry about uh <laughs> Sorry, were we? Oh no, no problem. <laughs> we got um just about uh, nine eight nine minutes left in this segment. If we could touch on uh, the U.S. China relations and U.S. Russia relations, because yeah. we just saw Trump transition, we see so much in the news. China's banning, they banned the live feeds of the inauguration and warned their uh, independent and state-sponsored media not to lead with those stories. Um, some said mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out. Trump. Some others say it's because of his posturing with Taiwan and and the uh, rhetoric about trade deals and his, China's currency manipulation. Well, the article said alleged currency manipulation. And, and what, his Russian report too about uh, yeah the about false the, hacks. the false you know oh the ha- yeah the hacking um, yeah it looks like uh, with Trump coming in we're taking a uh, we're getting more realigned with Russia and having more fallout with China. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think. I think China becomes the greater of the two risks with with Donald Trump now in the in the Oval Office. Uh, Donald Donald Trump has has done things that uh, no other uh, American president has really done. I will say this: and Bill Bill Clinton in the back in the mid 1990s, he did send a carrier strike group into the South China Sea, uh, or excuse me, between the, in the Taiwan Straits in between Taiwan and, and China, kind of as a um, uh, a message that we're here to protect Taiwan, and then we have Bush and Obama, and they were both tested by by China early on in their not in their presidencies, and so we could absolutely see the same thing with uh, with Donald Trump. But I, I really think that President Xi in China is uh, taken aback, and I don't think that Chinese policymakers know exactly what to make because uh, we, you know, who knows what Donald Trump is is going to do in the next hundred days? You know, I mean, we have his hundred day plan, but. Who knows what his policies actually will be, and it may be the case that that those policies are still forming, you know, for himself. But we look at at Matt at General Mattis, who's just confirmed as the uh, as a uh, uh, Secretary of, of Defense. Some would say the Secretary of Offense, and uh, and uh, you know we he is he is uh, highly capable, and I think any. Um, any economic policy that we have towards China, essentially wrestling back this economic advantage that China's built in for themselves over the past few decades, I think does carry a risk of war. And you know, the question is, uh, can we actually fight a war in China's uh, backyard or front yard, as it were? And that's a big question mark. I, I would say probably not. The one of the greater, greatest risks that we have with with a war with China is if they can't compete with us militarily. Um, you know, we're we're very likely to see, or conventionally rather, militarily, uh, we're very likely to see asymmetric attacks, and that include that could be economic warfare, it could be political warfare. It, it would almost certainly include some uh, level of, of cyber cyber warfare. And we look at Chinese military doctrine, and we say, look, any attempt to to uh, say that to defend Taiwan to re- essentially what they see as redrawing. The national sovereignty, the boundaries of, of the Chinese border, is uh, an offense that is uh, uh, eligible for a nuclear strike. And so, you know, are we willing to to risk Taiwan for for uh, uh, for California, you know, for instance? And so, uh, that's one of the main uh, risks that we see. And is is China are they crazy enough to do it? I would say probably. That's interesting. Um... 
we see there's definitely growing rifts. The I, I wanted to ask you this, and your the, the the banning of the inauguration. There was two trains of thought uh, that went separate ways. One was that they couldn't figure out Trump. They didn't want to give him any press because they don't know how this is going to turn out with him. And two, there were uh, some people are speculating that his the, the rise in populism that has surrounded him. The communist Chinese government is afraid of that spreading in China. Um, is that mm-hmm. accurate? Yeah, we're looking at, uh, you know, there are more Christians in China today than official Communist Party members. And so, you know, China, it's it's just like America. It has a lot of sub-regions, and Western China, we've called it, referred to that as the Wild West for a long time. And, uh, you know, there are places in Western China that aren't even controlled by the Central Communist Party. And so, uh, yeah, I would say that, uh, that China, look, economically, China is... They're way more fragile than they were uh, this time last year and, and in previous years, and we see the the real po- potential for China to go through their own recession. And what is that going to do to China? Could it eventually end up toppling the Chinese Communist Party? Probably not. But but should the right set of circumstances occur, should the Trump administration apply pressure where it needs to be applied, I think that the the China problem could uh, take a turn for the worse. And, uh, and end up in war and, and potentially even with a uh, loss of, of national power for, for the Chinese military and really for the Chinese Communist Party. So like we saw with the, the fall of uh, the USSR, uh, the different maneuverings that America did to, to make that crumble, is what you're saying we could see also because China's economy is, is ripe for um, some kind of correction or, or recession. And I think, was it last year, we saw them named as the... Um, Number one economic powerhouse in the world. They did, or it was trade, one of the two, uh, imports or exports. Um, okay, then if we can move to Russia for a little bit. Our yeah, relations sure. with Russia, um, despite what the media says about the influence that allegedly Russia had in the elections, which has been unproven, uh, are our relations with Russia getting better under Trump and the Trump uh, administration? With with Vladimir Putin, absolutely. You know, we see Vladimir Putin saying, look, we're willing to restore uh, normal diplomatic ties with America, and we're willing to to work with America. We look at uh, retired General Michael Flynn, who is the national security advisor for Trump, and in his book, Field of Fight, he names uh, you know Islamic Jihad as the number one world threat right now. And so I, I do think that certain parts of the Trump administration uh, are looking for opportunities to say, look, how can we work with Russia? Russia has the same fundamental problem with with Islamic uh, terrorism as we do, um, and if if both of us can be committed to fight Islamic terrorism, then there could be potential for us to work together. But look, we're still looking at NATO that's that's clawing its way, you know, trying to remain relevant, trying to uh, prevent any further, um, you know, this whole thing is just a, a, a mess in Europe because. Uh, you know, NATO continues to expand, even though apparently they told Russia back in the 90s that they weren't. And so NATO expands. Putin sees this as aggression, and he says, well, we're not, you know, there's, we have to defend against it. We have to take preparations to do that. So I would say uh, relations have improved with America, with with European uh, NATO member countries, not so much. All right, folks, we're talking with Samuel Culper. Um Go to he's editor of Forward Observer. Um, you want to tell people where they can find you and give out any information you want if they uh, if you want people to contact you or 
Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, you can go to our website. It's at readfomag.com, and uh, it's R-E-A-D-F-O-M-A-G.com. We have lots of free articles and, and free content on there. Um, we do have I do a weekly podcast as well where I, I talk about a lot of these issues. I just I heard um, one of yours and fantastic information by the way. Oh, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you very very much. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, and the podcast is free and there's a lot of great information on there. Thank you. Yeah. So go ahead, Joe. Yeah, that that's excellent. Um, we'll definitely have you back in the in the future. Um, maybe we can spend at least an hour. Talking more about you know the battle tracking and we can get into to that a little bit more and um, yeah we'll have to stay in touch uh, and hopefully one, oh, one day oh, we can check out some I, of your yeah I got a question for you Russia in in twenty, in 20 seconds Russia hacked and I know that we touch on this hacked no it, I mean we deal with Russia with respect to influence the elections okay. your sure. thoughts twenty seconds. Yeah, has, does Russia hack America? Will Russia continue to hack American uh, uh, systems? Uh, of course they will. This is nation-state espionage. We do it all, all uh, the time against right. each other. The, really, the crux of the issue is, did Russia release those emails? And right. I, I would say there's a potential for that to have to uh, to have happened, but there's to date there's no evidence. And some people in the intelligence community say, well, of course there's no evidence. Uh, but I, I, I'm leaning towards no, but, again, without the evidence, I really can't make that determination. Got it. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah, thank you for your time. Again, that's Samuel Culper. Uh, we look forward to talking with you here in the future. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, what an informative, absolutely informative, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, thank you, learn, John. Learn more about these in, intelligence thank gathering you. techniques. Yeah, and, and thank you Have to our night. guest. God bless. Thank you. Up next, Dr. Ted Brewer of HealthMasters.com will be our guest. He's going to be with us until the end of the program. We're going to get his take on the inauguration, on the Trump presidency, and anything else that he wants to get into right after these messages. Stay with us. Concluded our first hour with a kind of a recap of the inauguration and, and different things that uh, came from that, both from the news media and from the public and from the Trump administration. And then we had Samuel Culper on to talk about uh, military intelligence in the last segment. Now we're joined by Dr. Ted Brewer from HealthMasters.com. He's going to be with us till the end of the show. We're going to continue to talk about um, what happened today, the inauguration, as well as a number of other important stories uh, that Ted has put together. And uh, tonight's broadcast brought to you by HealthMasters.com. That's HealthMasters.com. If you're not taking HealthMasters supplements, you're missing out, folks. Really simple. Go to HealthMasters.com. Order your multiple vitamins. If you're not taking multiple vitamins, why not? Um, look, it's, uh, it's something you've got to do. HealthMasters.com. They've got a wide array of nutritional supplements, the best in the world. The only supplements we take here at the Hagman Studio, as a matter of fact, Eric just finished a purple stick. Okay, so and I he's been one. consuming I those constantly. Yeah, I, I, he is, and uh, but uh, so so healthmasters.com and the man behind healthmasters is in fact Ted Brewer. But Ted, let's let's uh, wow, 
thanks for thanks for being here. And what a historic day, huh? Well, you know, it was the time that the people in the United States, the Christian people, the Protestant people, the Catholic people, all joined together, and some of the Jewish folks included with us finally said, no, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not be taken over by tyranny. We will not go into a new world order, and we will stand against this. And we did. And we prayed and prayed and prayed, and God delivered us from this. And he's given us a reprieve, Doug and Joe. He's basically allowed us another chance. And so I want to cover some stuff about Obama tonight, about his legacy that he does not have. And I'll tell you what his legacy is, but it's pretty horrible. And we'll go over some of the alternatives, some of the things that Trump needs to do tonight we're going to talk about that. I don't know which orders he signed today. He signed a bunch of stuff there on the National, old wall today. Yeah, he, he signed uh, National he, Patriotism yeah, Day, yeah. I believe. And an interesting thing, I don't know if you saw this, but all the references to climate change were taken off the yeah. White House website, as well as uh, LGBT uh, working rights. And, and, um, and I thought that was pretty smart to do, especially with the working rights. Instead of putting a uh, propping up or, or putting in a special category, um, for you know, people not to discriminate against just having everybody under the same laws and not putting those divisions in there. I mean, it's I so it's pretty this smart. morning. He he did call me to be deputy attorney general, but uh, <laughs> I, I I missed that call. Well, I tell you what, Doug, you've done a good job at it. I mean, I have a bunch of my friends up there right now. They've been sending me pictures and videos all day, and the weather was kind of dreary today. But then the Bible says, you know, it, it rains on those that God favors, and basically it started raining when Trump took the podium. And what I thought was kind of cool because Graham said that when he started praying. Also, I know Paula White, who prayed this morning. I've been on her TV show many times. I've raised a lot of money for her ministry back when she was in Tampa with Without Walls. And I know some things about Paula that I will not disclose, but I also know some good things about Paula. And I remember the Tampa Tribune called me up about eight years ago, Doug, and they said, we know that you've been on Paula's White. And the Tampa Tribune is the largest paper in Central Florida. Let me tell you what that is. It's in Tampa, Clearwater, St. Pete, millions of people in the circulation and read it online. And they called me up about seven, eight years ago, and they said, uh, Dr. Brower, we need to talk to you. And I said, sure. I said, how would you get this number? And I said, well, a friend of yours gave us the number. I said, can I give you the friend? Can you tell me the friend's name? And they said, it's unlisted number. And they said, uh, no, we don't feel comfortable disclosing the information on who gave us your unlisted home number, which I thought was interesting. And then they said to me, they said, we'd like to have your input about Paula White because she's going through a divorce right now. And she has some negative press about her in the Tampa Tribune, so we kind of need to know what you think about this woman and their ministry. And I said, oh, I'll be happy to be interviewed by you. And she goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, I know Paula very, very well. I know her husband very well. I've been on her TV show many times, and I'll be more than happy to tell you exactly what I know about Paula White. And they got all excited, Doug. They really got excited. And they said, well, what do you want to say? What's your first statement? And I said, that Paula White Ministries paid all of her bills to me. And they said, okay, what does that mean? I said, well, they paid all of her bills to me on time, and none of their checks bounced, and all the bills were good, and they paid all of their bills to me on time, and I never had to go after them for money. What, what, what does that mean? And I laughed at him. I said, I said, okay, I'll make it simple to you. They pay their bills. And they go, oh, well, what else do you have to say about Paula White? I said, well, I'll give you a scripture that kind of sums up a lot of stuff. As silver is tested in the crucible and gold is tested in the furnace, so a man is tested by the praise that he receives. And they said, what the heck does that mean? So I, I quoted it back to him again. And they said, well, that seems a little odd to me. I mean, what are you trying to say? That I said, well, that, those are my statements for the day. I said, they pay all of our bills to me and the, the scripture out of Proverbs. And they said, okay, this conversation is over. Click. <laughs> and that was it. And the next time I was on Paula's show, I remember we were sitting out there and we were doing Sharon's new book at that time. It was Max. It was the um, Healthy Country Cooking. And I remember Paula had brought us out there, and I told her what had happened with the Tampa Tribune. And she profusely thanked me. 
And so I know other things about Paul, and I know a lot of things about a lot of other international ministries that I'm just not going to disclose because, to me, it's not hearsay. And a lot of this stuff is favorable. A lot of it's not favorable. A lot of it is just not about Paul. Some of it's about other ministries. I don't talk about that stuff because it's not necessary. Because here's the thing. We have to maintain unity of the spirit and unity of the believers. All we, you know, Satan is the accuser of the brethren, and he runs around tearing people down. And Doug, you know, you've had that happen to you before online, who by fellow Christians, I may add, people who claim to be born again believers, and they tear you, they tear into you, or they tear into me, or they tear into Dave Hodges, or they tear into somebody else. And the problem is, it's your pastime. Yeah, it's, it's what they do. Yeah. And you know, you know, haters are going to hate. And as long as you understand that, it doesn't matter if they claim to be a Christian or if they're not a Christian. It doesn't make any difference. Haters are going to hate. And there's not a whole lot you can do to make a hater not hate. I remember one time I was listening to a sermon on TV, and they said, when the pastor said he's got a mega church, and he said, it's actually a pretty good sermon. And he said, if you have 100 people who are listening to you or who are watching you on TV, he said, 100 people, he said, 25 of those people are going to hate you. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, you can give them cars or homes or money. It doesn't make a bit of difference. They're going to hate you because they're haters. That's what they do. The next 25, they're going to hate you too. But if you really work on them and you give them enough stuff and give them enough information, they'll learn to love you. Well, the next 25% are going to love you, but if they get enough bad information about you, they'll learn to hate you. And the final 25% are going to love you no matter what you say. And see, here's the thing, Doug. I love my 25%ers. I know you do too. And here's the thing, guys. We all need to strive to be 25%ers. If you don't like something that Doug says or that I say or another talk show host says, you don't need to be tearing into that talk show host in your comments on YouTube. In fact, we've disabled all of our comments on YouTube because I found out that the haters, <laughs> they really like to hate up on you on the comments on YouTube. And so we've decided a long time ago that we were no longer going to police our comments and get all the people that claim to be Christians with all their filthy language off of that. Because remember, a lot of the trolls from the government, which I hope Trump will get rid of now, come onto YouTube and come onto these websites where they have a chance to make comments. and They'll link all kinds of weird stuff and obscure stuff back to you that you never did or never said. So, guys, here's the thing. We have to stand in unity of the Spirit. I was so happy that Paula White was able to do what she did today. She did an excellent job. She called on the name of Jesus multiple times. Franklin Graham did that multiple times. And we have to understand something. Yeshua, Yahweh, was in all of this. Now, there are some people out there that claim to be Christians online. They were, they were against Trump, and they were for Hillary. And I did call out one person who said something about that, and that was T.D. Jakes when he had Oprah on his show, and he was so pro-Hillary. And I said, basically, shame on you to T.D. Jakes. But it won't affect him one bit because you know he has millions of followers who love him, who support him, who give him a lavish lifestyle. And sadly, because he's black, he may have felt that pandering to his demographics was going to give him more offerings, which it may have. But the sad part about it is this. We all live in the same country, and we have to learn to get along. And, and certain segments of the left, the extreme left, and Christians who claim to be Christians, don't want to get along with anybody. They want to do what they want to do, say what they want to say, and get along with no one. And they create conflict because it creates more website traffic to their website because those 25% of haters, they always track the other 25% of haters who listen to them, and they constantly listen to each other, and they reinforce their opinions, whether they're true or not. And that's why I don't allow comments any longer on my YouTube channels and the new YouTube channel we've just set up for the Ted and Austin Brower Show, Doug. So maybe that makes a little bit of sense. But, guys, we all need to support Trump. I felt that his speech today was exemplary. It was short to the point. 
He didn't mention himself, but just a couple of times. He mentioned we, 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 unlike Obama, who mentioned himself dozens of times in his farewell speech that I don't think anybody watched, including myself. I just read the summary of it. But the thing about it is I'm so happy I don't have to see his six-foot-tall linebacker-looking whatever it is wife you know, any longer on the platform with him. And, guys, I'm just really happy that we've got a beautiful first lady, a beautiful first family, and a really type A male who's going to take charge and dump all the LGBT stuff off the White House website, not put rainbow colors on the, web, on the, on the White House any longer. And hopefully on Monday, Doug, he will do as he said he was going to do and get rid of all the executive orders that Obama has signed and rescind them. Because he can do that with the stroke of a pen, let Congress fight it out whether or not he can get it through or not. But I would do each one individually because each one of them has to come up before Congress that way if they're trying to rescind it with a special vote. And I would also go back further. I'd go back with George W. Bush, and I would also go back with Clinton, and I'd go all the way back to George H. Bush, all the way back, as far back as I needed to go, to rescind executive orders that are creating undue burden on the American taxpayer and the American population. Doug, what do you think? I think you're exactly right. And just um, uh, just a little bit ago, uh, from Fox News, Trump's first four executive orders, uh, White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer outlined the first four orders Trump signed. One, an order to the government for a complete freeze on new regulations. Two, to form a committee to help General Mattis in his new role. Three, to form a committee to help General Kelly in his new role as DHS Secretary. And four, an order to the government to ease the burden of Obamacare. So out of the, the two out of four helping his um, cabinet get in place and the other two freezing new regulations and easing the burden of Obamacare. It seems like he is sticking to um, some of his promises. And and back to the inaugural speech, uh, what you talked about is very important. There was more prayer in uh, this inaugural speech than any other. He did reference um, how the system of governance in Washington has been abusing its power and undermining the American people economically uh, with these new laws and overbearing reg- regulations. He talked about bringing, you know, putting the American people first. And then you have Rachel Maddow and Chris Matthews. Rachel Maddow saying that his speech was was dark and militant. Chris Matthews saying it was Hitlerian, um, which we know that these people have just gone off the reservation completely insane. Instead of reporting news, they report their own opinions. And I guess that's my biggest concern, the opposition that Trump's face from the me- Trump faces from the media. But at the same time, the opposition is growing so... Uh, their minds are completely uh, tangled up in confusion right now that they're showing their true colors. And that might be the only thing that gets the people, at least who... Uh, the people who hate Trump are going to continue to watch that because it feeds into the, what they already believe. But, you know, that other 75% of people you described um, who don't support Trump... I think will start to see the media for what they are and might, and especially with Trump doing what he promised to do, it's going to add to his favorability. And you're right, the time for a division is over. Uh, I think well, it's going to get darker before it gets better, but we're on the right track now. Well, uh, well you got to, we have to, we've talked about many times about the energy fields around the planet, the energy fields that are created by emotions. And when you have these dark overlords, these interdimensional entities, these fallen angels, or whatever you want to call them, that feed off of negative emotion that we know they're these demon spirits or whatever, whatever you want to call it, pick a name for them. You know, when we allow the left, the left allows itself to have this extreme hatred in their heart for everybody. It doesn't make any difference, you know, that it's Trump, it's just everybody. I mean, I've been on a lot of cruises over my life because I'm, you know, I'm 61 years old. And my wife and I used to try to take a cruise like every year with the kids because it was just a really inexpensive vacation. And I remember you'd always get these liberals on these cruise ships because they could get a lot of bang for the buck. 
and they would get on these ships and they would start bossing people around and telling people what to do all the time and just, just were nasty, nasty, mean people. And finally, after about the third or fourth day on these cruises, I just get to the point where I wouldn't tolerate it anymore, Joe. And I say, look, just, if you don't got something, if you don't have got, got anything nice to say, why are you talking to me? Why don't you just leave or shut up or just go somewhere else? And you say, well, that was really harsh, Ted. You know, that was after I dealt with it for days on end. And finally, I said, you know what? I'm just not going to put with this. But there's, there's people don't realize some people are just really horrible, mean, and nasty. Man overboard. No, that's right. <laughs> Doug, you know it's true. Some people brighten up a room by leaving it. And these liberals are like that. I mean, in Ohio State today, they had to put a safe space for their students who were so distraught that Trump was coming in, they had to have a space, safe space with their counselors. And I'm sure they had Play-Doh and puppies to play for. And, and a lot of children and a lot of students all around the country today were going to walk out during Trump's speech and so, walk out of their classroom. I, I would have smacked his but silly. I'm telling you, it's my, I'm going to my safe space. Any of my kids go there, they would. I, I'm sorry, wouldn't have been safe. No, well, no. But remember, this is what happens when everybody gets a trophy, and this 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 is what they've done. They've they've, they've taken their Edward Bernays, Madison Avenue slick marketing from that Sabbatean Satanist, cousin of had sort of Sigmund Freud. We've done a whole show on that before on your on your show. And they've taken his teachings and they've trained these people through Madison Avenue and they've conditioned their brains. And remember, we all have a let – me, let me kind of just share it this way. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes in us, you know, we have a certain frequency that's our frequency, our DNA. We have a certain vibratory state which allows us to be unique in God's eyes. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior – and we're sanctified by the blood of Christ through the scalar waves that he eternally emits from the cross because he's omnipresent. And we allow the Holy Spirit to come into us and connect us with Yahweh and his dimension. What it allows us to do is to use the frequency of the Holy Spirit to obtain residence with Yahweh, with the creator of the universe. Now, let me repeat that because I haven't covered this on your show before. It allows us to obtain the residence frequency of Yahweh through the Holy Spirit to come within us, to dwell in us, to live within us. And but he says, and be you continually filled, and you'll be in me, and I'll be in you. He says this in the New Testament. And guys, what's so beautiful about that is it's kind of like this. If you're driving down the highway and you're listening to your Christian station, here it's 91.1 FM, and if you start getting away from that station, You'll get static, and you'll start having mixed signals and breaking in, and you're trying to tune it, but you're kind of losing connection with it. But if you keep driving far enough, you'll get somebody else's signal that may not be a Christian station. And see, and this is what happens to us as a frequency being, as a being of energy, which we are in this holographic universe that God put us into. When we get too far away from Yahweh, we get too far away from the creator of the universe, we may pick up things that aren't correct. It's First Timothy chapter one, I believe, verse four says, "The Spirit clearly says that in latter days some will follow, some will follow demons and and, 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 and the unclean spirits and things that are basically through hypocrisy are being taught." Now, I paraphrase that. I messed that up. It'll come to me in a second. I usually leave that one for memory. But what ends up happening is we have that happen to us. We follow unclean spirits and things taught by demons because we think we're hearing the voice of God because we've gotten away from the frequency. That's why the frequency of God's presence through the Holy Spirit. That's why we've got to stay in the Word of God, and we've got to stay tuned in to God, so to speak, from a physics standpoint. 
And if we do that, it allows us to obtain that resonance of the infilling of the Holy Spirit and allows us to do all things through Christ who strengthens us because we now have God sharing with us part of his omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence. And what that allows us to do is say, hey, wait a minute, I don't have to do this anymore. I can put this stuff under my feet. See, and this is what Christians have learned in the last couple of years, you know, with the alternative media movement, that we don't have to listen to unclean demon spirits. We can tune back into God Almighty. And it's almost like the same parody that we have, not parody, the same analogy with listening to alternative talk radio, like with your show. If you listen to CNN, which, by the way, most of the world only gets CNN as their English-speaking station. It's the same in South Africa. It's almost all the European countries. One of the only English-speaking stations is CNN. They think we're all a bunch of nutbags over here because they believe what the rhetoric is that CNN says. And guys, listen to me. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. If we commit our plans unto the Lord, they will succeed. All of these things the Word and the Scripture tells us, but you have to abide in Jesus, and He'll abide in you through the Holy Spirit. And if you allow that to happen in your life, everything changes. And that's what we've all begun to realize, is that we don't have to listen to these things taught by demons, these pedophiles, these people that are involved in soul-cooking ceremonies, these people that are involved in child trafficking, all of this horrible, filthy stuff that you've talked about, Doug, that you've written about, that I've talked about. Because, guys, these people are of Lucifer. They're not of God's spirit. They're liars because they're, they're, their daddy is Lucifer because he was a liar from the beginning. And all they want you to do is to believe the lie. Now, let's talk about Obama's legacy. Then I'm going to talk about some of the things that I think Trump can do in order to make some changes. And then the second hour that I'm on with you guys, I'd really like to go into some nutrition stuff because, boy, have I learned some stuff this past month on nutrition since I've been on with you guys. Number one, we've got to realize that the hope and change was simply a slick marketing campaign that Obama did, probably using a Bernays advertising agency, because they wanted to allow him to have this new branding that they were coming out with eight years ago with this fancy little logo, et cetera. Also, we have to realize that his first executive order, which I would also rescind if I was Trump, was to seal all of his personal records. I would open this boy up for public inspection. And here, here's what I would do personally. If he is found to be a usurper, a usurper, I remember one of the top black people in the beginning when Obama was elected, what was his name? Uh, he, Alan Keyes. He said, to Al, he said that Obama is a Kenyan and he's a usurper and he should not even be in the White House and he should not have been there. And if I'll, I'll be honest with you, if I was President Trump and I opened up Obama's personal records and I found that he was a usurper and had illegitimately taken over the White House through the Democratic Party as he did through the Bush cabal, Clinton cabal, I would have him stricken from the Federal Registry and have everything he did revoked. Now, I don't know what the legal ramifications of all that would be, but it sure would get rid of a whole bunch of regulation, including Obamacare, that we did. Because this man, if he was not an American citizen, he had no right to be in the White House issuing orders and executive orders to any of us. And I personally don't believe he has the right to say that he was the president of the United States. That's my personal opinion, because that's how much I dislike these people because of what they've done. They've given us men in bathrooms with little girls. Men using the bathroom with little girls, and all of the left thinks that's okay. Well, guess what? We don't think it's okay. That's why Trump's in the office. They've given us Monsanto with the Dark Act again, and they've not allowed us to have disclosure on GMO foods that we're getting. They don't tell us what we're getting soaked down with glyphosate, which has been linked to over a dozen different types of cancers, including a lot of people now believe it's been linked to autism, which I believe is a component of that also. They don't want us to know anything that they've done as far as all the poison they're putting into us, and Obama's been okay with all of that. 
He was going to be the most open administration in the history of Washington, D.C., and he turned out to be one of the most closed administrations in the history of Washington, D.C., and he turned out to be a complete and total usurper. I believe he's Kenyan. I don't believe for one second. In fact, we know now that birth certificate he produced was a complete and total fraud, which I've been saying that for years and years and years, and I don't think he has any right to have had, he, had anything as far as leadership in our, in our government. I personally think he was some type of Manchurian candidate to the CIA, and he committed identity fraud. Number three, let's talk about the bomb-dropping, war-loving Nobel Prize winner who has bombed all of these countries. Libya was a stable country in the Middle East until Clinton and Obama got there. Now it's turned to a war-ravaged nightmare that people are fleeing left and right. It's caused a lot of the immigrants to come out of Libya and out of Syria that we decided to bomb under Obama again. This war-loving president, who's supposedly the, the Nobel Prize peace winner, has been a complete and total disaster as far as public relations in the world for all of us. Now, George W. Bush was no better. I'm going to tell you that right now. They're both bad. We've had this Clinton-Bush crime cabal going back to 1933 with Prescott Bush trying to stage a coup against Franklin Delano Roosevelt with the help of Schmedley Butler, who turned him into Congress to try to take over the United States, who was then later charged with trading with the Enemies Act and had his blank bank closed in New York City. Now, guys, this is Prescott Bush, the father of H. Bush. Then H. Bush, a lot of people believe, was directly involved with the assassination of JFK. If you don't believe that or you want to have more research on that, go to online, go online and watch JFK to 9-11. It's a rich man's trick. He's got uh, close Excellent. to 4 million views. Now, I think you've seen that, haven't you, Doug? Twice. Yeah, yeah it's a long it. movie. It's like three hours and 27 Twice. minutes, I believe. But, I, but, but and, and are they 100% right in it? I have no idea. But what they do, they, they paint another picture that you probably weren't aware of. Then, of course, we've got Reagan going into the White House. George Bush and those guys meeting with the Hinckley family before Reagan gets shot, mm -hmm. and then basically George Bush supposedly taken over the White House after Reagan was supposed to have been dead because they shot him right next to his heart. And, of course, Reagan is kept under medicine for the next eight years because it happened right after he got in the White House. So George Bush effectively ran the White House for 12 years you know, after he replaced Reagan. And then, of course, Clinton came in. So this entire crime cabal all the way back from the assassination of JFK all the way back to 1933 has been involved in American politics up to their necks. And finally, America has started to wake up because of alternative media and because of the Internet and because of videos like JFK to 9-11, realizing we don't want these people in the White House anymore. It gives them too much power, too much authority, and too much legitimacy. These guys are grifters. All they care about is personal enrichment, and Trump talked about that today in his speech. Next we want to talk about is that the drone strikes that he's done, the kill list that he's done, even with American citizens that Obama has done, also the power to indefinitely detain and to torture without without trial versus the with the NDAA, also forced socialized medicine on the entire country, and also let's not forget the gun running with past and furious, the Benghazi invasion of Libya, which they were supposed to have everybody killed in that invasion, but they were not willing to lay down and die, the Ukrainian coup, the covert funding of funding of ISIS to overthrow Syria because of pipelines and other factors, and of course. The whole thing is full of fakery and, convert and coercion. Obama has basically done everything he possibly can to destroy the republic. He's not a black president, though he has some black in him. He is a Muslim president. We all know that. His name is Barack Hussein Obama. That is his name. Now, guys, 
It's ridiculous that he was in the White House for eight years. I believe that his second election was complete and totally riddled with fraud. I don't think we put a good enough candidate against him. But, of course, Mitt Romney, as we later learned, was part of the capitulation through the New World Order. So, guys, this has been a mess, and I am so happy that through a groundwork, ground, 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 ground effort and through the grace of God Almighty, through the power of Yeshua and Yahweh, that we were able to pray and put Donald Trump into the White House. And I believe we proved it today with him constantly, with the, with the prayers constantly evoking Jesus. Because remember, when Obama got into the White House, he quickly told everybody that we were not a Christian nation. Whatever we once may have been, we were no longer a Christian nation. Guys, that's the kind of hope and change we can live without. And I am so thankful to God Almighty, to Yeshua himself, that this thing is over with and this usurper is out of the White House. And that's how I feel about Obama. And we start on Trump now. What do you guys think about yeah, what I, I, I love it. Well, first of all, we have Rachel Maddow on line one for you. Chris Matthews on line two uh, for you. And uh, no, you're, you're, you're 100% right. You're correct in this. And I was really refreshed, Joe. I was refreshed to see God invoked Donald Trump invoking God and then he set the record with uh, what um, the number of prayers yeah and it's interesting on the, on the way back to the studio after our inauguration coverage I was listening to Sean Hannity who played some of the news reporters clips when Obama was inaugurated how they were comparing the, the merging of uh, political and religious feelings of euphoria when he took office and then you had the you know the kids at the preschool um, you know, basically praying to him and singing about him, and you had this. And now the left's complaining that there was too much of a religious overtone with Trump when they were basically labeling Obama as their you know, political and religious messiah uh, just you know eight years ago. We're talking with Ted Brewer from HealthMasters.com. He'll be with us for the next three segments till the end of the show. So don't go anywhere. We're just getting started. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Hang on a second here. I'm serious. You know, folks, let me tell you something, okay? A lot, a lot of alternative media shows have their own uh, nutritional supplements. That's like me trying to be a nutritionist. You wouldn't want that. No. So what we did was we, we asked Christopher Walken here. <laughs> <laughs> A better look in the young, the young version of Christopher Walken to, uh, give us his, uh, nutritional supplements. So, you, you know, in, in the same fashion. And, and look, I, I'm not making fun of Alex Jones. And, and if anyone says that, that they're wrong, okay? Um, Alex, Alex Jones and I have a good relationship. Uh, Alex has his brand, but I'll tell you something. You can't beat healthmasters.com. Healthmasters.com. Uh, I'm taking their ultimate C right now. Their excellent C. And, uh, the reason I'm doing this is because, yeah, it was a long day today, and uh, I, I look, I can't verify this, but Donald Trump's energy comes from both purple sticks and their and B12 from uh, from Health Masters. That's what I hear. But we're really, uh, really pleased to have with us, uh, Christopher. I mean, uh, Ted Brower uh, from HealthMasters.com, political commentary as well as uh, you know, as well as nutritionist. But, uh, but yeah, it was it was quite the day today. Um, well, it was. In fact, I've, I've been I've been hearing my contrast, my comparison to Christopher Walken all of my life, starting as a teenager when he first played in that one movie, The Deer Hunter. 
And people have been telling me that since college that I look like Christopher Walken. Now he's got, now he's in his mid seventies now and I'm 61. And apparently he's gotten so old and craggly. I don't really hear much that I look like, like him anymore, but I hear like I look like, like a young Christopher Walken. So I, I guess I'm okay with that. I guess I always tell people he looks like me, but he did come first. So and his parents were part of his re- re- relatives were out of Germany. And I've got another relative who looks almost identical to me. So who knows? We may have some type of common DNA thread there in our past that kind of showed up as both of us. But, yes, I do have an uncanny resemblance to Christopher Walken. Yeah, I have been yeah. asked many times if I am Christopher Walken when I was younger. And if I lose about six more pounds, then I really look like Christopher Walken. So maybe that's why I try to keep my weight up six pounds, though, so the comparisons are always overwhelming. It's the hair. It's the hair. And this is my hair. This is not a wig. And by, oh, by the way, I want to show this, you guys. We just finished developing this. We've had so many requests for this. And, guys, this is an amazing product. This is Health Masters Ultimate Multiple in powder form. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I need that. It took so much work. This actually tastes good. We use natural, organic stevia, super high grade, which stevia is make it taste good. Not having to put a bunch of sugar in it. We use natural fruits and flavors in it. And it's actually good. You can put it in a fruit smoothie, and it tastes good, and it's extremely healthy. Because, guys, especially if you're pregnant and you have a problem swallowing pills, or if you're older and you can't swallow pills, or if you've got a parent in a nursing home and they can't swallow pills, or you just don't like swallowing pills, this is it. It's, yeah, about, it's, two, it's about two and a half months' supply of this. It's around $70, and we have that, the price is a little bit high on it. From what I'd like to have had it around 60 But the problem with it is it's just the natural ingredients are so expensive as far as the stevia and the natural flavors and the natural beet juice powder we put in there. This product is great. I put it in my shake in the mornings. It's absolutely great. Brand new, just came out, and the Doug Books coupon is active. So when Please. you guys order this, we're going to send you like four books for free. You, you got to that'll, yeah. that'll cover the cost of this anyhow. So guys, this is a phenomenal process. If you can't chew vitamins or you can't swallow vitamins or you don't like the taste of vitamins or whatever, this is it. This is a huge product we've been working on for a long, long time. The problem is when you use multiple vitamins and you try to use them for a powder or whatever, you've got to put a lot of stuff with them to make them taste okay because some of the vitamins are really nasty tasting. Boy, not, the, it's not as bad as black seed oil, but they're pretty bad. The so it's very yeah. difficult to cover the taste. So we've been able to do that with that. So let me go ahead and give you some stuff about what Germany's doing right now, what they believe. Because this is how Europe's kind of looking at Trump, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's, let's rock. Okay, go ahead. This is interesting. Uh, Sarah Wegenich, she's going to try to defeat Angela Merkel. And they did an interview with a guy by the name of Ralph Niemeyer. Uh, and guess kind of reminds me of that movie, um, Niedermeyer. That was, wasn't that the movie that we did back in that, that with the, uh, the, 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 what was that old college movie back in the seventies? Oh, was it? Uh, uh, yeah. Animal House. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that cult classic Animal House. You, yeah. yeah, that's right. I'm not recommending that movie unless you watch it on TV, then it's funny because it's pretty rank. The reign of Germany's Angela Merkel could only be stopped if the Social Democrats unite behind a candidate like Saren Wackenicht, as says known, renowned German journalist and politician Ralph Niemeyer. And by the way, the one journalist out of Germany, I forgot his name, it was Udo, I don't remember his last name, who exposed the CIA involvement in the media in Germany and globally was found dead last week. Doug, I don't know if you knew that or not. No. Oh, he was found dead. And I've got a story. We'll cover that story later on the show if we have time. How did I miss that? How did we miss that? Okay, it's probably not reported over here because CIA runs the media here. But well, no. I, I, we reported it on our show because, you know, in our show every, every day from 3 to 4, and it's also immediately following Hagman every night right. on Global Star or Satellite. But he was basically, uh, I personally think that they, uh, they, they, was, they was a victim of wet works because 
I don't think that he died because he was too young. And all of a sudden they had, and he even said in one of his articles that he knew that what he was doing was extremely dangerous, but that he did not have any children, so he wasn't concerned about what they did to him. And so they found him dead. So with a heart attack, which is, of course, of that's course. what they always do with a heart attack. And so I feel bad for him and for his family if he has brothers or sisters or a mother or dad that's still alive. So uh, may he rest in peace because anytime you start doing what we do and you start exposing this stuff, especially in Germany, because he was like a huge anchor. And when he came on TV and did all of this and talked about the CIA paying so many of the anchors in Germany and the newspaper reporters, they were on payroll with the CIA. Yep. I knew, Doug, that he was really, really asking for it. That was a couple of years ago. He only made it a couple of years after that. So, you know, may he rest in peace because I feel really bad for him. But anyhow, he goes on to say, is, let's face it, it's not all the people of the free world who will miss Mr. Obama, but only the mainstream media and the elites who fear that the new U.S. president can't be controlled. Mr. Trump obviously doesn't fear the deep state, the Secret Service, the CIA, and for this reason says what he thinks and probably will do whatever he wants. It is refreshingly democratic to see a president who is not full of fear and speaks unscripted. I don't think that that the world will go under because of him. He goes, well, it would be fair to say that you like Mr. Trump. He goes, he goes, well, I see him pragmatic, not a philosophical point of view. His industrial industrial policy may turn out to be good for American workers, while his affiliation with big money will also tie him to war Wall Street. She goes on, he goes on to say, I personally am not worried about the U.S. domestic policy because I don't believe or I don't live in the U.S., but I still wouldn't have voted for Mrs. Clinton. She didn't offer any real alternatives. For us Europeans, the election of Trump can bear fruit. As we work, work to emancipate, as we work to emancipate, emancipate ourselves from U.S. dominance, which is still from World War II, by the way. Oh, see, he goes on to say, Obama used U.S. air bases in Germany to conduct his wars in Libya, Iraq, and Syria, as well as his drone war in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Now Mr. Trump is showing less eagerness in policing the world, and this will give us room to maneuver a little bit more independently. For the past hundred years, whenever Germany tried to cooperate with Russia, the U.S. put their foot in the door. Now a chance arises if Mr. Trump and Mr. Putin talk with each other and find solutions to the Ukraine and Syria. Germany can establish better relations with Russia again. I'm going to correct him right here. Hitler was not was within a hundred years ago, and Hitler did not want to have good relations with the communist Soviet Union and attack them on their western front, on his eastern front. And then he asks, do you think Mrs. Merkel will align with Mr. Putin? And he goes, I think her time is over. Are you saying that she will lose the election in September? She would if my party, the Social Democrats, will unite with the Greens. And then she goes on to say that the, uh, that the, uh, the one who was running did not link the refugees to the terrorist attack in Berlin, but she was right to point out that the uncontrolled migration is creating problems to which the state has not adequately responded to let the people into your country is one thing, to treat them as equal citizens and to provide them equal opportunities is a completely other thing. And then he goes on to say, because the ultra-leftists in her party are dreaming of open borders, there you go, that's what, that's what Merkel is, and fail to see that the refugees' crisis is a crisis, they look at it as a conspiracy instigated by the U.S. in order to destabilize the EU and weaken Germany. So there's some interesting comments being made in Germany right now about what's happening with Donald Trump and what's going on with the European immigration crisis. Angela Merkel says she doesn't think it's a crisis. She thinks it's fine. She thinks the raping of the women and the children in Germany is fine. And Germany has a very, very strict policy about speaking out against the government. And if you do, you can have to be fined or locked up and put in jail. People don't realize that. They don't have the same constitution we have. They weren't given that right. And so they were really, really policed over there very strictly. 
and yeah. they're told they can't say certain things or do certain things. They can't even use certain words like Third Reich or Hitler or Nazi or any of that stuff, which is just part of their history. They're not allowed to talk like that because they've been told they can't. Isn't that crazy, guys? Yeah, they have the uh, hate speech laws all throughout Europe. We had uh, Tara from Reality Calls based out of the, the U.K., and uh, she talks about this. And we I just read a story not too long ago the other day about um, – a man who was yelling at a, a migrant who was assaulting somebody who got arrested for what he was saying to that to the refugee. And we know Merkel has an election coming up. Well, you know, if I can just interject something, that really pisses me off. And I'm sorry to, to, to use that language. But, you know, how dare, if you're speaking the truth and you're subject to arrest, Ted, man, I mean, how far down the swirly have we gone? Well, that's just that's Germany. Because remember, Germany was they were basically an occupied territory and still are. Germany is an occupied ter- territory of the United States. They're run by the Rothschild banking cartel. Because remember, the Rothschilds particularly hate Germany. Because when Hitler took power in thirty three, he got he got rid of the the, the, the Rothschild banking cartel. We're talking about this in just a second. He got rid of them and started printing debt free currency. He was able to fight all of World War II without any debt. He didn't have to borrow any money from the Rothschild banking cartel. People don't realize that Hitler did this and gave Germany an unprecedented prosperity for about six years until he went nuts and started invading Poland and the rest of Europe. If he had just done what he was doing, remember, he was Time Magazine Man of the Year because of what he had done to turn Germany around. And he, one of the things he did is he got rid of the Sabbatean Rothschild conspiracy banking system that uses, you know, black magic, if you want to call it that, or money magic in order to make money out of nothing through their Federal Reserve System they have in Germany and almost all of all the other countries in the world. And that's one of the things that Donald Trump's going to have to do. Let's go ahead and talk about that right now while we're talking about it. Let's do it. One of the number one things... It's never about do- the spoon, folks. No, no. I, I just... Yeah, yeah and, and that's that's a reference. You have to understand the reference. It's never about the spoon. Mm-hmm. Just... And if you don't know what that means, think about it or research it. Number one, he's going to have to shut down the Federal Reserve. He's going to have to start. He's going to have to do what JFK did, like Executive Order One 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 Zero, and allow the Treasury to start printing currency again. He needs to nationalize the Federal Reserve. You can't get rid of the Federal Reserve. You can't do that, Doug. And here's why: if you get rid of the Federal Reserve, the entire banking community is linked together. They're intrinsically linked. If you get rid of the Federal Reserve, you'll collapse the banking sector, which will really mess up the flow of money and cause a massive contraction of credit and available cash for the entire country. It would, it would actually put the stock market into a massive downward spiral. Gold would go through the roof. I mean, all these things would happen almost instantaneously if you did that. But what you can do is you can nationalize the Fed like Hitler did. And you can take the banking sector over with Congress, and you can get these Rothschild lowlifes who brought this whole thing to us with J.P. Morgan, and you can take, re, start running it yourself, and you can start doing your own thing with the debt-free currency again. Because remember, we didn't have to borrow our money from anybody else back until 1913 when this great giant conspiracy took over the United States and did this to us. So what we need to realize is that if we want to get back to being a country that had the lowest debt in the world, we've got to stop borrowing our money at interest because what happens is this. If you borrow a trillion dollars, and let's say it's 10% interest, and this is going to give you just an example to make it easy for you. Let's make it 7.2%. That'll make it easier because of the rule of 72. If you borrow a trillion dollars, for 10 years at 7.2% interest, you're going to have a note due of a trillion dollars that's due back to the bank plus another trillion dollars in interest. The problem is the interest is never printed. It is never put into circulation. So you have to add that trillion dollars in interest to the national debt, and you've got to refinance it again. 
This is what they've done. This is how they've got us in over $100 trillion in actual deficits with unfunded liabilities of the United States because they didn't allow us any longer to print interest-free money. This is what Andrew Jackson said when he threw these bankers out in 1832. If I had been president of the United States, I would, if Andrew Jackson has a Bible, maybe it's in somebody's personal collection, I would ask to have been sworn in on the Andrew Jackson Bible. That's what I would have done. I would not have done Abraham Lincoln. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, could, I wouldn't have done Abraham Lincoln because I don't like what Abraham Lincoln did. When he still, he basically he stripped states of rights. Is what Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln was horrible. I mean, absolutely, yeah. the real Lincoln was absolutely one of the worst presidents of the United States, and you can quote me on that, people. Well, I, I've said that repeatedly on your show, and if people knew who Lincoln, if I if I was president of the United States, if I could get away with it, I would tear the Lincoln War Memorial down. I would tell you, I would tear it down. I'd say this guy, this guy was not who he said he was. Remember, his wife was a Sabbatean witch. I mean, she's yep. in seances in yep. the White House. This was not who you think it is. This guy wasn't even a Christian. You know, people, well, yeah, he was. no, he wasn't. He wasn't a Christian. I mean, I thought a Christian let his wife do witchcraft and call on up the dead and seances in the White House. This is not who he was. Remember, he was good friends with Karl Marx back in the 1850s and 1860s. This was not a good person. Yep. He was not a good person. And guys, you got to remember that. He was the one who killed almost half the population of the United States in the Civil War, all because the states wanted to have their own rights and not be held under the federal tyranny. It had very little to do with slavery. It was about states' rights. Because remember, Eli Whitney had already developed the cotton gin, and slaves were being released all over the place because they were too expensive to feed. And quite frankly, it was a lot more economical to use a cotton gin to harvest cotton than it was to pay slaves year-round to harvest cotton. That's the whole thing that people don't understand. They wanted to turn it into a slavery issue, which they did very effectively, especially in the history books, but it was not. It was a state's rights issue. So I would get rid of Lincoln. And and the the other thing, too. Lincoln absolutely shredded the Constitution. That's right. He did. He did. You know, he people did. don't get it. No, nope, he really did. Okay, now, we also need to decriminalize natural medicine. We need to end the FDA pharmacy monopoly that they have. We need to go in, and we need to do other things, too. We need to get rid of these sanctuary cities. We need to take George Soros and make all of his organizations terrorist organizations and basically put a warrant out for his arrest for what he's done with Black Lives Matters, the police that he's killed, that he's financed, all of this stuff. He needs to be held accountable for Doug and Joe. And he needs to be on, he needs to flee to Switzerland or Israel, wherever that Nazi guy wants to go. He needs to get out. He needs to go. He's bad news and he has done a lot of this with these crazy moveon.org and Black Lives Matter. And he needs to go away. And Obama, all he did was encourage that. Can, can we, we can we find out where, where, where seriously, I, where, where does he physically exist, reside? In New York, uh, or is it out the, somewhere out of the country? Hungary? I don't, I don't know. I, I think he lives in the United States. But we, but we also need to get rid of the, the public radio systems, yep. the NPR. We need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of the, uh, all of the stuff with Monsanto. We need to ex- expose what they're doing with the seeds. Uh, we need to initiate criminal investigations into the CDC and how they've poisoned the United States. And we need to probably pardon those Oregon ranchers and those guys in Bundy and all the rest of them. I would do that immediately if I was Trump. I'd do that on Monday. I'd pardon all of the people that had that happen to them in Oregon. Now, I'm not saying the way they handled it was correctly. I'm not. I, no, I know. That. There's papers. I think I think somebody had submitted informally something to, to Trump and I don't, about the ranchers. Don't quote me on that. But, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Well, because, I mean, you know, guys, okay, we were all thinking, okay, this is just what we were thinking, but at least a lot of us were, especially in alternative radio, that we weren't going to have a free election, which I personally believe was hacked by the Clinton administration, which I believe the FBI unhacked, which I believe God Almighty allowed to have happen to get us Trump in the White House. We all believe that we were going down the slippery path of tyranny. 
You could tell that Hillary Clinton today was not happy to be on that platform. She looked like she'd had three or four drinks already. She was not drunk, but that woman had been drinking today. You could tell it by the glazed look in her eyes. Bill looked like he'd gotten another verbal beating from her this morning. He looked like a whip puppy like he always does every time he's in her presence. And I noticed that Donald Trump that I did not see when he did, when he was shaking everybody's hands, I did not see him shake Hillary's hand at all. He did. And he forced, actually, Ted, I, in, uh, you might have been doing a show or something, but, but he forced a standing ovation for Hillary Clinton. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I, I you know, and, and I know people are going to say, "See, they're all," but I, I, I think he did this. Um, I think he had to do it, Ted. I, I really do. Uh, you know, to reach across the aisle to to kind of at least, otherwise, you're going to have complete anarchy. I know. Look, if I was Donald Trump, and I think you'd be, feel the same way. If if you're up there, you might hate this person and really want to go after this person. But it, publicly, you're going to have to kind of put up put up this persona, um, so you don't have total anarchy on, in Congress and both sides of the house. And now, did, Doug, did he do that during his speech when he's up on the platform later in the day? It was during the, uh, I believe it was during the luncheon. I, I'm, I'm, oh yeah, I missed all that. I didn't see it. I was getting ready for my show. Yeah, it was, during, it was during the luncheon, and he he stood up and made her stand up and made everyone stand up to give her a standing ovation. Ultimately, that's kind of what happened. Okay, well, I missed all that. So anyhow, I didn't see him do any of that on the platform, so I guess you're correct. I was sleeping or doing something else or preparing for my show or doing my show. But the thing is this. I mean, you know, she's a Sabbatean witch. We know that. I mean, I mean, Larry Nichols added her as being a witch, having her own coven in L.A. So by the grace of God and God Almighty, we've been able to walk away from that mess. But I guess he is reaching across the aisle trying to restore some type of normalcy between his relationship with him and her voters because she did get a lot of voters, supposedly, but I personally believe that, uh, that Bernie Sanders would have given him a much better run for his money. Yeah, I, or, I, I, he probably would have won. Bernie probably would have won the election. To be honest, with I just you. want to clarify this. I, I don't think that he was trying to mend fences. I think he was trying to give the outward appearance that, hey, you know, everyone, uh, because what I mean, look at, I mean, my goodness, look, look at the people who watch every move that he makes and everything he says, every hand gesture he makes. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so. Right. The optics here, uh, to me, are important, and I think that is pure theater. What he did with Clinton. Now, I, I just hope he goes after her, and I believe he will. Well, I do too. I hope we. I hope we haven't seen the last of his going after Hillary Clinton, because quite frankly, she's a career criminal. Now, there's, yeah. some other, there's, 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 a, there's a few more things that Trump could do. Because I know we're running out of time again. Uh, I believe that we need to go ahead and disassociate ourselves with NATO or have a different type of relationship with NATO. I really believe that we need to stop funding the United Nations the way we do. I personally believe that the United Nations is an outdated concept that was brought to us courtesy of the New World Order and needs to go away. I believe that he needs to go ahead and put up that Mexican border wall in the areas where it needs a wall. I believe we need to have closer ties with Russia. I believe we need to basically learn the way we need to trade with the rest of the world, and we need to not allow all of the dumping of all these products into the United States and destroying our own manufacturing. I believe that our relationship with China needs to be looked at again, and we need to decide if they're really who we want to be tied together with the way we are. The Iran nuclear deal is absolutely a disaster. The North Korean situation, which we have, what, 40,000, 50,000 troops, we have that many, I'm not sure about now, on that border. Basically, let North Korea and South Korea work this out themselves. South Korea has asked us many times, Doug, to get out of their country and to leave them alone. They don't want to be involved with us as far as there are our military diplomacy. We need to take a look at the climate change policy, and we need to get rid of Obamacare. And if we do all of those things, Doug, we're going to massively change what Obama has done and the damage that he's done to us. But it's going to have to start with 
repealing the Federal Reserve Act and getting rid of this mess and nationalizing the assets that have been stolen from the United States. The, uh, the, these guys are worth, they're, they're quadrillionaires, the, the, the Rothschilds are, they're quadrillionaires. They, they've taken so much money from the United States and other countries around the world. Even if we nationalized $100 trillion of their assets, I mean, he said, you guys stole it from us, we're not going to let you keep it, which is what Hitler did in 1933 when he did the same thing to them, then what would happen is we would allow our country to come back to solvency again and not have these massive debts everywhere. Then we can use part of their assets that we would get to pay back all of the debt that was sold to all of these countries like Russia and all of these other investors because that's the thing that the that the Sabbateans did, these Rothschilds. What they did is they didn't keep the debt internally. They sold the debt through T-bills, bonds, etc., for the United States Treasury to other countries. And when they did that, they tied us together in world debt. Because if it had just been to the Rothschild banking cartel, to our Federal Reserve, which they own, they have trillions of dollars of debt, because people stopped buying our debt, then what would have happened is we could have nationalized at any point, made it illegal what they had done. But now we have to do something to pay the people back who loaned us all this money supporting our great expansion and the national debt we have. And plus, we have to take another look at this petrodollar because we have to realize that needs to go away. We have so many assets in this country that we can basically stabilize our currency with, with the oil reserves and the coal reserves and the uranium reserves and all the things that we have in our country right now. We, could, we should be a net exporter of oil and natural gas rather than having to pull the stuff in from the Middle East. But what about, so, there's a lot of things we need to do quickly. Well, I'm just really uh, curious real quickly here. What about the cost of getting another ground lift cost? I mean, Saudi Arabia, the reason we're, we, we suck the oil from Saudi Arabia is because of the uh, lift costs are lower. Here it would be a little bit higher. However, independence versus uh, convenience and, and, right. econo- and, and economy. Uh, Trump administration has already outlined the first 100 days, and a lot of what you touched on is, is in here. Um, from the energy to foreign policy, jobs, military, law enforcement, trade deals. Uh, the list of priorities was published at the White House website today after Trump was sworn in. He, uh, under the energy plan, they said they're going to eliminate policies such as climate action plan, and they're going to lift restrictions, helping American workers increase the wages by $30 billion in the next seven years. And to the energy, they're going to support tapping the estimated $50 trillion worth of untapped shale and gas reserves on federal lands and use the revenue to, to support public infrastructure building. So, um, like the way we keep interrupting you, Ted, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 I, I love listening to you guys because the truth of the matter is that's exactly right. He's in, he needs to go ahead and tie the dollar value of our U.S. currency back into our natural resources. That's what he needs to do. I mean, I don't think we have enough gold left to handle the massive M1 money supply we need in order to run the world's currency supply. And I think we probably need to restate, we remain the world's currency reserve. I don't have a problem with that. But we have to tie it back to something, and we cannot go in and continue the deficit spending. We can't be extracting all of this wealth from the United States and giving it to other countries. We can't be doing that. We did that back in the 60s and the 70s when people were trading in the debt for gold. And finally, you know, Nixon said, well, we have to stop this. We're running out of gold. It's enough of this nonsense. Guys, we've got a problem right now with this massive national debt, and we've also got a problem with the petrodollar. But we need to remain reserve currency. I really believe that to maintain our economic stability. But we've got to do something different with our national debt. We don't need to be buying our currency from a third party called the Rothschild banking cartel in order to have enough sustainable currency for our country. It's complete and total nonsense. By the way, I've got a phone number for you. We have a 24-hour feed from my show in Austin show that we do every day. If you guys want to listen to it, you listen to it 24 hours a day. Just please don't listen to it during the Hagman show. It's 641 Five five two, fifty three ten. That's six four one, 
552-5310. So if you like the way that I've tied all of this stuff together, you'll love our show. If you don't like the way I've tied this all together, then you probably won't like our show. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, no, and, and, the, and the, uh, Ted's show comes on, Ted and Austin's show comes on right after ours, right here in Global Star Radio Network. I cannot tell you how often that after we, uh, well, while we're in, uh, in the office debriefing after the show, we listen to your, you know, rebroadcast after our so it's it's so much fun and folks visit healthmasters.com that's healthmasters.com Doug books I'm going to tell you it, it, look the the books a hundred dollars worth of books I've got the books I've read them my wife has got um I can't remember maximum memory I, I was kidding okay <laughs> do you like the way I did that uh seriously she's reading that right now so anyway order. Doug books, uh, really a hundred dollars worth of books, roughly, uh, by using that cu- coupon code. Good stuff. Healthmasters.com. And, uh, Ted Brower's our guest, wonderful guy. God bless, uh, each and every one of you for hanging in with us. We're going to be right back. Stay with us. Hagmanreport.com. Check it out. A lot of new articles on Hagmanreport.com. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour of this Friday edition, uh, inaugural uh, day edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our guest uh, is Dr. Ted Brewer from HealthMasters.com. We, he's been with us uh, since the last hour. We covered the inauguration, the Obama legacy or lack thereof, uh, or the criminal legacy. And we're going to get into some um, nutritional topics in this hour as Ted's launching a, a new uh, powdered vitamin, and he's got a special for that. Uh, that in, includes books, and you just got to go to the website and use the code Doug's Book. Doug's Books? Not sure. Which one is it, Ted? Doug Books. Doug Books. You have, to, you have to order like $80, $79 worth of stuff, and you're going to get like $100 worth of books for free. And if you order this new product, multiple, this is a new multiple vitamin that we just came out with. It's the same ultimate multiple that we use. That's the highest quality multiple vitamin on the market today. And it's in powder form, and it's used natural. It's got natural beet powder in it. It's got stevia in it. There's no sugar in it. And it actually tastes pretty good. And I, I, I put it in my protein shake every morning when I get up the first thing in the morning. And it, it allows me to have to, not have to swallow as many pills. It's around $70 for the can. It's like a two and a half month supply. And I love it, especially it's really, really good for people that are elderly who can't swallow pills any longer. It's really good for children who can't swallow pills. It's really good for people who don't like swallowing pills or people who have, have had throat injuries, et cetera. And so it's a great product. Sometimes we have a gag reflex and we don't like taking pills. And it's a great product. My daughter, my 16-year-old daughter, she doesn't like taking vitamins, but she loves this product. She takes it every single morning now because it eliminates about four or five of the vitamins she takes with the ultimate multiple. And it allows her to use it in her protein shake. So she absolutely thinks this is the best product since sliced bread, bread because she doesn't like the way vitamins taste, which I thought was kind of silly, but she is right. They do have kind of a pungent flavor. So, and with your vitamins, um, not like other vitamins, you know, they have the whole solid pills that, that some don't un- digest properly, but you have, um, a special coating that, that's made for. Uh, well, no, we have, we have, a, we have a cellulose gel capsule for okay. multiple. And by the way, I want to say something to your listeners. A lot of you are supporting my show and a lot of you are supporting Hagman's show and you, you support me by buying 
or multiple vitamins. And I want to give you another alternative to do that with the powdered vitamins because some of you can't swallow pills. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart that you let me know that you appreciate what we do and the work that we do and you're supporting the show by buying our multiple vitamins from us because it means a lot to me that you guys do that because then it helps me to sponsor the Hagman Show and the Hodges Show and all the different things that we get to do with all of these alternative talk show hosts because everybody uses the multiple vitamin, everybody, unless you just don't understand what multiple vitamins do, then you need to be using the multiple vitamin. So when you don't buy junk vitamins, you get one that's a powder in a cellulose gel capsule that's phenomenally concentrated, and you buy our ultimate multiple, it really helps to take care of our expenses to help pay for our show and guys, thank you for that. I want to, I don't want to be that guy who doesn't thank people. And I want to be the guy who says, thank you. I love you. And I appreciate you. And I want you to know something. It means a lot to me that we've had such overwhelming support from the Hagman listeners. And I said to this, you just told you guys this for years, ever since we were on coast to coast years and years ago, and we started doing your show, Doug, that the Hagman listeners are the best listeners and our listeners on our show are the best listeners that we have in radio because you guys really, really are smart. And you're well-educated, and you're vast majority Christians, and so that's why I really love talking to you. And by the way, let me start on this article right here. Failing to take multiple vitamins during pregnancy can set your child back an entire year in school, the study suggests. So it's linking it to mental uh, cognition ability. That's right, because because what happens is you can't develop the synaptic functions in your brain the way you need to without the proper nutrition. And ladies, if you're going to get pregnant, don't just try to get pregnant one month and just not bother changing your diet. You know, get off the junk food, get off the cigarettes, get off the alcohol, get off all the stuff you're still doing all that stuff, get off the pork and just start eating really clean for a couple of months while you're trying to get pregnant and start taking your prenatal nutrition vitamins before you get pregnant because guys, it's really important, especially with folate, which you have to get a methylated folate so you prevent spinal bifida and neural tube defects in the children. B vitamins are absolutely critical for that, but they need to be methylated. And I've had so many times that we've talked to ladies before they got pregnant, and they decided that they didn't want to do any vitamins. I, I mean, that's just that's negligent because your body doesn't get enough nutrients from all the junk food that we eat and all the processed food that's out there. And I remember years ago we had a lady, and I pleaded with her. I said, you know, please, please, please take your vitamins. And she laughed at me. She thought it was funny. I'm not going to mention her name because it's a sad story. And at six months of age, when the baby was six months in her stomach, you know, it wasn't term yet, they did a sonogram and the baby had died. And when they forced the baby to be born, the baby had no brain. And they said it was a neural tube defect, a folic acid deficiency that she had. And she went on to have two more healthy children, but she was on our prenatal vitamins the entire time. But guys, it shouldn't take that. You know, there's enough research out there that says, hey, look, multiple vitamins are really, really important, especially if you're pregnant. And when you are pregnant, we have an entire pack of supplements. You can just buy one big bottle of supplements that has like all these individual packs in it, and you take just one pack a day, and it also allows you all of the oils that your body needs to help proper brain development. Now, what I suggest you do in the third trimester, you start taking like an extra tablespoon of cod liver oil every single day. If you can't handle the taste, you can use it in capsule forms because that really helps to prevent postpartum depression in women who are pregnant because one of the biggest reasons that women have postpartum depression is as the fetus is developing its brain, the last trimester is the biggest part of the development, that fetus will literally suck omega-3 body oils right out of the woman, the mother's brain and out of her body to develop that tissue for that baby. And so a lot of these women then become very, very depressed because they're deficient in omega-3 vitamins. Kyle liver oil pretty much stops that. And so it allows you to have a baby that actually has a higher IQ, it allows you not to go to the postpartum depression, and allows really good neurological development for that child. So the last trimester, make sure you take extra cod liver oil and make sure it's from a really good source 
because you don't want to have it contaminated with mercury. That's really, really important also. All right, let's go ahead and just talk a little bit more about this. It says that failing to take multiple vitamins during pregnancy could set a child back by a year by the time they reach secondary school, a new study suggests. The issue of taking supplements is controversial for pregnant women. It is not. Which research last year suggesting that it was a waste of money. It is not. And it said, but take everything. And it said the money except to take folic acid and vitamin D. But a new study by an international team, including Harvard and the University of California and the University of Lancaster, found that all that multivitamins can add the equivalent of up to a full year of schooling to a child's cognitive abilities between the ages of nine and twelve. The finding, which was carried out in women in Indonesia, is likely to be most relevant for women who do not get sufficient vitamins and minerals from their diet, which is pretty much everyone. The study also found that early life nurturing, happy mothers, and educated parents all led to children who were more intelligent with higher IQ scores. Guys, this is important because it says the children or mothers who took the supplements had better procedural memory, equivalent to an additional half year of schooling. For mothers who had been anemic, a common problem in pregnancy, the effect was equivalent to in one extra year of schooling. Now, let's talk about anemia for a second. A lot of people have anemia. A lot of women have anemia. Men, not so much because women have their monthly periods in which they discharge blood and they lose a lot of iron. The iron is critical for, for the component of hemoglobin, which carries the oxygen to the brain for the developing child and to your brain. If you don't have sufficient quantities of iron, you'd be having dizzy spells. I know my, my, my daughter was having issues with being dizzy, the 16-year-old, after she started her menstrual cycles, and we got her on extra iron. Now, the way you do that is it's difficult to digest iron because it's just hard for the body to absorb because it's a heavy metal. But if you use blackstrap molasses, unsulfured, organic blackstrap molasses, we have that on our website, take about a tablespoon a day, it will bring iron levels up in pregnant women quicker than anything I've ever seen. When I had my clinic open back in the 80s and 90s, I used to have that. We used to use that all the time with pregnant women and with women who came in who had iron-poor blood. It's very important because metallic iron, ionized iron, is very difficult to absorb because, again, of the heavy molecular weight. But the black strap molasses is probably the best iron supplement you could take if you have anemia or if you need to bring your iron levels up. And I know Alexis had some problems with that a couple of weeks ago. She started taking a tablespoon of black strap a day in her protein shake along with her multivitamins. And now she's no longer having any dizzy spells at all because, again, the iron and the hemoglobin are linked directly together for the red blood cell. And without the iron, you simply cannot carry sufficient quantities of oxygen to keep the brain properly oxygenated. Very, very, very important. Here's another article. Ten-month-old child suffers 14 seizures a day after receiving the new meningitis vaccine. And this video is spreading virally all over the world. Now, people need to understand something. This is a major problem because this is happening with kids everywhere because people don't understand that vaccines have side effects, and one of the side effects are these severe seizures in these children. Guys, it's so important that you understand that when you have – and look this up on Wikipedia. It's called cytokine storm. You can look it up on Wikipedia. I should have printed the article on it, but you can see it yourself, cytokine, C-Y-T-O-C-I-N-E, I think, cytokine storm. Look it up. This is what killed so many people with the Spanish flu, Doug, back in the 1918, 1920. I think over 50 million people globally died from the Spanish flu was the estimate. And it was primarily from the cytokine storm, which causes massive inflammation and mucus discharge in the body because the macrophages aren't working properly. It's almost always caused by not having enough vitamin D and the macrophage is not working properly. And that's what the primary cause of death was, was cytokine storms and their lungs filled with fluid from this 
in the Spanish flu epidemic. So it's so important, especially in the winter months, that you take enough vitamin D as in dog three. But always remember, D3 has to be combined with K2. Now, the dosing that we use at the office is very high. It's a 10,000 IU capsule with the vitamin K, and it's specifically bound together to allow the vitamin K2 to prevent arterial calcification from the D3, which can be a common side effect of D3 if you get too much. So you should always take D3 and K2 together. Plus, with 10,000 IUs, you only have to take like one capsule every other day, which again reduces the amount of calories that you're, you know, excuse me, the amount of vitamins that you have to swallow every single day. And of course, after about six months, even taking that dosing, I suggest that everybody gets a blood test for their vitamin D3 levels to make sure you're not getting too high. But that's one of the biggest things that we have a deficiency of in the country, Doug, is vitamin D3. That's the sunshine vitamin. The problem is we've turned into the chemtrail country now. And again, it was kind of ironic to me. Donald Trump becomes president today, and we had absolutely zero chemtrails in the sky today. So now I don't know, Doug, if that was because Trump became president or if that was just another happenstance. So we'll see very quickly if our president finds out about the chemtrails and is willing to do anything about that, which hopefully he will. What do you think, Doug? You know, I find it interesting, and many people see this as a negative where Donald Trump has uh, spoken to, spoken with Alex Jones of InfoWars. And some people might say, well, you know, that just shows how crazy both of those people are. But, you know, honestly, if there is any hope to exposing the nefarious agenda of the globalists, um, we don't want to put you out of business, Ted, with vitamin uh, D3, but certainly we'd like to see the sun once in a while. Well, the problem is in the northern climates, remember, this is called seasonal affective disorder because what it does, it causes a lot of mood swings, and you have real problem with depressions in this wintertime, especially in the northern states because of the lack of sunshine. And I was talking to Todd, my producer, from my show the other day, and he said it had been cloudy for days up there in Pennsylvania, and now sometimes you get sunshine. But remember, when it's really cold outside, you're not exposing a lot of skin to make vitamin D. Vitamin D is made by cholesterol in the skin when you're exposed to sunlight. You know, we're one of the mammals that have to have sunlight in order to produce vitamin D. It's so important we get enough quantities of that in our blood. So when you take additional vitamin D, it stops a lot of that seasonal affective disorder. It stops a lot of problems with these depressive episodes that people have in the northern states. Plus, it also helps to prevent children from having demyelination of the nerve fibers, which have been linked to different types of neurological problems as they get older, because they had insufficient quantities of vitamin D in their diets when they were developing. It's so important that we maintain high levels of vitamin D. That's why this multiple vitamin that we develop can be given to children. You can put it in a glass... You know, with a, you know, with some fruit juice if you wanted to do that and mix it up. They'll love it. They won't even know what's in there and it'll give them the nutrients that their body needs without having to swallow a bunch of pills, especially the young ones. It's so important. Now be careful though with fruit juice because if you have a child that's getting too much fruit juice, you can elevate their blood sugars and that's not healthy either. And plus you don't want to give them too much fruit juice because they'll start craving sweet things when they get older because they were so exposed to so much fruit to, fruit to, fructose from the fruit juice. Now remember, fructose, here's another article right here. Basically, it says high fructose corn syrup is linked to kidney stones. Now, that's really interesting because high fructose corn syrup now shows it's going to increase the risk of fructose, kidney stones. This is by group. It says drinking sodas dramatically increase kidney stone formation. Fructose can metabolize and oxalate. Increases the risk of uric acid stones. And guys, if you ever passed a kidney stone, it is painful. And children as young as three are developing kidney stones because of the high fructose corn syrup exposure. Plus, what else it does? It creates a hunger in the body for that particular product and it makes you uncontrollably hungry 
and you never fill up. So if you're eating products that contain this high fructose corn syrup, it's put in those products by manufacturers because it makes you eat more of it. Plus, it's a lot cheaper than regular sugar is. Plus, remember this. Almost all the high fructose fructose corn syrup is, is being manufactured from corn that has been sprayed with glyphosate, Roundup, because they're using that to manufacture the high fructose corn syrup, and now they found the studies that this high fructose corn syrup is contaminated with glyphosate, which means everything that you're eating has a high probability of being contaminated with glyphosate if it contains high fructose corn syrup. So, guys, it's one of those foods and one of those compounds you just need to live without and completely and totally stay away from. What do you think, Doug? It is what it is, man. You know, it, and high fructose corn syrup is in everything. You know, it, it, and you know, we make sure it's not in anything we eat. High, high fructose corn syrup comes from what? Corn, right? So corn is sprayed with Roundup. So what would I mean? Why wouldn't people think that? Well, there it is. Yeah, the contamination. Ted, if we if we can, we got an email question. We got a few of them, but I want to fit this in. While we're talking about um, alternative uh, health methods and and, uh, holistic and herbal healings, Um, this is from Donna, who is in Missouri, and uh, she wanted to get your. Take on on what are the chances President Trump will champion a move to make all health insurance cover alternative healing methods, especially herbal holistic med- medicine? Um, she goes on to state how uh, many of us are chronically ill. The amount in Social Security per month makes it uh, basically impossible to afford nutritional supplements, and believes that some of the sickness that uh, she and others are experiencing are due to a lack of vitamins and nutrition in exactly. the food. I, I agree with Donna 100%. I don't know if he'll do that or not, but I believe that standard insurance should pay for multiple vitamins, period. I think you should be able to write it off through your insurance company. I really do. because That would be think, preventative, wouldn't it? Yes, but see, that's the problem. They don't want to pay for preventative. See, the thing that's so crazy about all of this is you have a pro, you have an individual who's having all these health problems later on in life that could have been prevented by proper supplementation. So the government has to pay out a lot of money in the Medicare Medicaid venue, or the insurance companies have to pay a lot of money because they were unwilling to pay for, 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 for prevention. Now, me, what I did years ago, when Obama was starting to do his thing with the Obamacare, I knew what was going to happen, and I got so fed up with having insurance that was basically never paying anything with a $10,000 deductible, and the few times we had to use it for a few x-rays or an MRI, it didn't pay anything because we never met our deductible. We had to pay everything out of pocket. And so finally, after about 10 years of this to $1,800 a month with a family of four kids, I finally said, I'm done with it. I canceled it probably seven, eight years ago and said, this is ridiculous. I've got Medicare. I'm sorry, not Medicare. I've got workman's comp at my office in in case something happens in my office and I'm injured. And I've also got health insurance or some type of, if I get hurt in an automobile accident, I'll be basically covered with my insurance with my other companies. I basically have triple insurance and I don't use the one that's the most expensive. So I, I got rid of the health insurance many years ago. I think it's probably seven, eight years ago now. And I've literally saved close to a hundred thousand, probably over a hundred thousand dollars now in health insurance. And so now I kind of, if something happens, I realize that I'm not going to do chemotherapy anyhow, which I won't come down with cancer regardless because I take too much turmeric and vitamin D. It won't happen, vitamin C. And I'm not going to go in for heart disease because my heart, all my arteries are completely clear. I'm not coming down with any type of senile dementia. I've got, I've got complete and total cognition at the age of 61. I feel absolutely great. I exercise six days a week. So I started thinking, why am I paying thousands of dollars a month for insurance that I'm never, ever going to use anyhow? And now I'm being fined, of course, with Obama. And I think this year I got like a $4,000 penalty or whatever the I nonsense is. Too. Because I don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's just, it's ridiculous because what they want to do 
has forced you into the socialized medicine. Now, I really hope that Trump gets rid of Obamacare. And if we make him an illegitimate president, all that mess is going to go away. All of it will go away. And we'll basically erase the last eight years of the nightmare of this man who claimed to be an American citizen, who I believe was born in Kenya, and whatever his wife is that we had as a first lady, she'll be out of the record books also, because guys, to leave him in the record books if he was actually a Kenyan and was not eligible to be part of the United States government or part of the the lineage of presidential folks in the United States would be a travesty to the people who did it legitimately and who were actual American citizens. But that's just my opinion on that kind of stuff. So you guys think what you want to do with that. But I, I really dislike him that much. Here's Here's another article. And it says that mercury fillings facing a ban, a complete ban in Europe now. They no longer want to use the mercury fillings for people who are having their, their having fillings put on their teeth because of what it does from a cognitive standpoint. Dentists across Europe will stop using amalgam fillings which contain mercury in pregnant and nursing women and children under the age of 15 by 2018. The ban, which affects dentists in all 28 member countries of the EU, comes into effect July next year. Now, here's the problem we have in the United States. You talk to your dentist in the vast majority of cases in the United States, and you tell him you don't want fluoride treatments, or you tell him you don't want mercury fillings, he thinks you're nuts. He thinks you're nuts. When you show him the research that fluoride is rat poison and it causes a 20% 20-point drop in children who are given fluoride as far as their IQ scores, he still thinks you're nuts. It doesn't matter if the study was done from Harvard. That doesn't mean anything to him. He still thinks you're nuts. If you tell me you don't want to have mercury in your mouth because it's a neurotoxin, he still thinks you're nuts. Yep. Now, finally, if the European Union is saying, hey, wait a minute, this is nuts. Let's ban this stuff in these kids under the age of 18 and not allow their parents to do this to them and help them to be healthier their entire life. What do you think, Doug and Joe? You know, Ted, I, I had this argument with, with uh, my former dentist. That's an important distinction, former yeah. dentist, okay, um, who, by the way, was a just a rabid Hillary supporter, and, and we went we went through. And, and let me tell you something, okay? Uh, here's a little tip for the listeners out there: don't hack off your. I was going to use another word. Don't don't anger your dentist before he's about to you know do some stuff in your mouth, okay? Because uh, they they can hurt you. Make it painful. That's right. Yeah, and uh, but anyway, uh, that was the last time I went to him. But no, he was one of those. Oh, you're just full of it. You know, you're a conspiracy. And he called me a conspiracy theorist. Of course, I called him some other things, and you know, it went to devolve from there. And uh, you know, there was an incident. And then you let him work on your teeth. <laughs> well, no, I, this was actually when I was drooling. Okay, I, you know, so it, it was kind of like the TSA at the airport when, when we were leaving for whatever. Uh, it's it's uh, you know, he couldn't understand me, but I was yelling. And I was, I was like, you know, like Kramer on Seinfeld. But anyway, yeah, right. You know, years ago, Doug, I don't know if I ever told you this story on the show. I was coming out of LAX. I just finished a big TV shoot in uh, California. And there's one nonstop flight on American from LAX to Orlando a day in the morning at like 8.30 in the morning out of LAX, or there was back then, I don't know about now. And we got to the airport around 6 o'clock in the morning, and I remember I was walking through the x-ray machine, which I refused to be x-rayed, and they wanted to pat me down, which they did. They put a little cotton swab in my pocket, and they rubbed my pocket down. They put it in the machine. It tested powder for it tested positive for gunpowder. And I thought, this is nuts. And so uh, and I told myself, I could pocket carry a Kimber 1911. In fact, I've got one of my guns here, but I won't show it now that we're on the air because I don't want to have everybody freak out. And uh, and it, w- it was funny because I just I couldn't believe it. So they take me into they they patted me down twice. They take me in the back room, and I thought I was getting strip searched. 
And so I decided, I decided, well, I'm going to have to take my clothes off so I don't miss my flight. I'll just take my clothes off because this is what we've turned into now in the Obama mess. And I remember I started, I pulled my shirt off. They said, what are you doing? I said, well, if we're going to go naked. Let's get it over with. I said, I've had enough of this mess. I got to catch an airplane. And the guys looked at me and they said, well, you can't believe everything you read about TSA. And I laughed at them and I said, look, I, I, I laughed. I said, look, dude, I said, this one guy was like six foot two. The other guy was like six foot three. And I said, look, I got two guys in the back room that's six foot two, six foot three. And you guys are like, you're both ex-military. You got me in the back room here at TSA. What do you think I'm not supposed to believe here? This is exactly what I read that you guys do and you're doing it. You've already patted me down twice. I told you I pocket carry. I told you I had a concealed weapons permit. And finally, they said, okay, 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 you don't have to get undressed. Forget it. Just come on back out here. we got to call the airport security for LAX to find out what to do, the head guy. So about 10 minutes later, I'm getting closer and closer to my flight taking off. The guy walks over, and I'm sitting there with no shoes, no belt, no no underwear, no anything. I had my wallet, everything was in my in my briefcase. And I, I finally said to him, I said, he's talking to these guys. And finally, I said, let me if you let me show you my wallet. I'll show you my, my, my concealed weapons permit, which I don't remember if he did that or not. But then he starts giving me my stuff back. And finally, he keeps talking to these guys. And finally, I said, look, guys, can I leave? I'm going to miss my flight. He goes, oh, yes, you may leave now. Like, you know, you're dismissed. You know, you you uh, you you surf. And I thought to myself, wow, this is really weird. So I trotted off, jumped on the airplane, just barely made the flight. My wife was already on the flight. And I thought, that's really, really odd. What an awful, awful thing to have to go through. But, guys, listen to me. You know, what you've read about the TSA is true. Oh, yeah. This is what they do. They 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 take people that are pregnant. They 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 pat them down. They strip them down. They take little kids to do the same thing to them. And I'm not saying they're all like that, but I'm saying that these things that you read are true. They take people in wheelchairs. They humiliate them. These people are a bunch of sickos. That crap, and that's what it is, is crap, needs to stop. And I hope Trump puts a stop to all of that mess, Doug, because it hasn't made anybody any safer whatsoever. No. All it's done is taken our rights away. We no. talked about this yesterday, the, uh, the uh, Homeland Security and the other agencies that were created under it and you know is trump just going to go with the flow we know he's going to he's trying to cut uh, government spending across the board freezing no new hires but that's the one thing that i have not heard him address is homeland security tsa because there are uh, a number of areas where they where they should be able to make changes that affect people less and still have the same amount of security involved that isn't so intrusive at the same time um, well, one, one of, there's several things. They can cut out the Department of Education. That can go away. Yep. Oh, the yeah. Department of Energy can go away. Amen. Uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms should have been gone a long time ago. That can be handled by the FBI very easily. Roger that. I mean, yep. There's all kinds of things they can cut huge amounts of money out of. DEA, remember the, by the, the way. Oh, the EPA needs to go away. No, I mean, DEA. I'm sorry. Oh, the, oh, the DEA is a joke. That's thing so corrupt. Yep. It's all unbelievable. Yep. And, and, you know, an EPA needs to be away, either needs to be going away, folded into another agency, because all these choking regulations, I mean, we've got some of the cleanest coal-burning plants in the world for power. They use multiple scrubbers on their stacks to get all the sulfur back out of the coal, very low sulfur coal is being used, basically zero pollution coming out of these plants. But Obama pretty much vetoed all the coal-burning power plants and killed them right dead in the tracks. They completely destroyed the coal industry in the United States while he was giving money to his cylinder buddies. I mean, guys, here's the thing. All of that crap he did needs to be undone. I mean, if we have clean-burning energy with coal, which we do, we need to use it. But the thing about it is this. We have such advanced technology now with rocket propulsion, jet propulsion, with anti-gravity propulsion that the, that the Nazis worked on back in the 30s. We've got all of this technology that we have in our advanced weapon systems. We can use the energy in the atmosphere like Tesla taught us Back over a hundred years ago, with the working cliff tower, 
to basically give us everybody free electricity. But the problem is, remember, the Rothschilds were the ones who were supporting J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan bought 51% of Tesla's rights for the Working Cliff Tower, and the Rothschilds killed it because the Roth, all he was was an agent for the Rothschild Bank. I personally believe, because of his background with the Bank of England, Hold that, George thought, Soros, that, that George Soros is also an agent of the Rothschild Bank. We're going to pick up right here where we left off. We're up against the break. Folks, you're listening to Dr. Ted Brewer from HealthMasters.com on this Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Stay with us. We're coming back with one more segment. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. In case you didn't know, we did a uh, live uh, running commentary uh, during the inauguration today, and I want to thank you for joining us. And, uh, of course, riots or riots breaking out in Chicago. Joe, I think you had uh, indicated that tonight. Yeah, there is uh, um, something here. Uh, so much for tr- love Trump's hate and tolerance of the right, or the left, that is, tolerance by the left. But regardless, I'm not, we don't want to take away uh, time from our guest. Uh, folks, go to healthmasters.com. Our guest is Ted Brower, healthmasters.com. Here's the deal. Use the coupon code DUGBOOKS. You see these two books right here? These two books? Well, you get two more in addition to these two books. This is Maximum Memory maximum memory, and Breakthrough Health, uh, two, two of excellent uh, health resources. And then behind the books, uh, of course, my favorite, Excellent C and B Complex. Let me tell you, this stuff. This B complex is the best and, and I make no apologies by showing you these and, and telling you these are the only nutritional supplements we take. These are the only ones that I found work. And if you look, folks, I know, I know, I know other shows have their own, uh, products, but, but you know what? We could never give you the quality. There is no, there's no better quality than Health Masters Nutritional Supplements. And you might think that this is a paid-for commercial. It's not. It is my personal <laughs> endorsement because I feel better. I have, uh, I can't uh, move the turmeric. Well, yeah, I'll show you. This turmeric is, is from Health Masters. Um, this, this, along with cinnamon, has saved me from having to take metformin for my diabetes, okay? So uh, a type 2 diabetic, which I am no longer. Um, go figure. Gee, uh, who would have thought that uh, health uh, health masters could have actually done that for me? It's uh, that and a change of diet and some exercise. So, uh, having said all of that, go to healthmasters.com. The book is uh, Doug Books. Doug Doug Books. You get a hundred bucks worth of books, basically, for an order of seventy nine dollars while supplies last. Do you get that? Seventy nine dollars minimum order. Hundred dollars of the books while supplies last. Let me do a, let me do a Donald Trump thing. Can I do this? Wait a minute. How does he do that? Uh, I don't know. You get it. <laughs> All right. Ted Rose, our guest. Ted, it's up to, to you. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Doug. And this again is our product. This is the new Ultimate Multiple in powder form. It tastes absolutely wonderful, and for a multiple vitamin, it tastes good. It's around seventy dollars, about a two, two and a half month supply. Uh, it's phenomenal. And there's no capsules. It's just powder. Put in a protein shake. Put in a glass of water. Whatever. It tastes good. Heck, heck you can mix it with your purple stick if you want. And uh, it tastes good. 
and it actually gives you maximum energy. <laughs> it really, really does. It's a good product. Yeah, All right, let's go ahead. Yeah. Here's an interesting study. I wanted to bring this one out. This is so important because a lot of people are pushing for medical marijuana, and now the study is saying that pot may actually restrict blood flow to the brain. Now, it's interesting. It says it's seeking a link between con- concussions and Alzheimer's. Brain scans help doctors with epilepsy. And it's going on to say that marijuana appears to hamper blood flow to the brain, which theoretically could affect your memory and ability to reason. A new touch study is suggesting brain cans of nearly 1,000 past and present marijuana users revealed abnormally low blood flow through their brains compared with a smaller control group of 92 people who never used pot. The differences were astonishing, said lead researcher Dr. Daniel Amen, a psychiatrist and founder of the U.S.-based Amen Clinics. Virtually every area of the brain we measured was lower in blood flow and activity in the marijuana smokers than in the healthy group. Blood flow was lowest in the hippocampus of marijuana users, which Amen found most troubling because the hippocampus is the gateway to memory. To get memories into long-term storage, he said, the area that distinguished healthy people from pot smokers better than any other area of the brain. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, he's also linking a lot of things with the blood flow to Alzheimer's disease, etc., but I'm not going to read this entire study that he did. You guys can look it up. But what's also interesting about this is, I had a good friend of mine a few years ago, his son, who was a heavy pot smoker, was diagnosed with brain cancer. Now, he did a lot of other things, too. He was using aspartame with nitrites, because when you do that, when you take diet sodas with aspartame, and you mix it with sodium nitrite, which is like in luncheon meat. So if you have a pepperoni pizza and a diet soda, you form what's called the dichidiopeperazine in neurochemistry. That digrades to form what's called a nitrosurea, and nitrosureas are one of the most effective agents known to man for producing malignant brain tumors, particularly the glial brain tumors. Now, Paul was doing both. He was smoking a lot of pot, which cuts off blood flow, hammering the diet sodas, hammering the pizzas, hammering the ham sandwiches, using a lot of tea, doing everything with diet, with, the, with the aspartame. Guys, it's been linked to brain tumors, brain cancer, seizures, headaches, optic nerve degradation, makes people go blind. This is some bad stuff. There's three components associated with aspartame. You have phenylalanine, aspartic acid, and methanol, which is pain thinner. The methanol cannot be made, made non-poisonous. It's a neurological poison. The aspartic acid actually goes into the brain. There's, acid, there's aspartic acid receptor sites in the brain cells, which release dopamine. So it's a very addictive substance to a lot of people because of that particular mechanism but the aspartic acid because if you get a lot of it will start eating holes in your brain horrible horrible stuff what it does and then of course the phenylalanine in high concentrations can cause permanent nerve and brain damage in anybody and Paul ended up being 20 years old and they found he had a malignant glial brain tumor the size of a baseball that had tentacles going through his brain. He was a heavy, heavy, heavy pot smoker. Now, he found a natural health practitioner in Colorado and another one in in South Carolina, and he was able to beat this brain cancer without the use of chemotherapy or radiation, or he had to have surgery. They took took the tumor out because it passed out from it, but he was able to beat the brain cancer. Now, what's interesting about this is he used the turmeric, he used the vitamin C IVs, Use potassium iodine, use vitamin D3. Use a lot of the same nutrients that we have available in our healthy immune system protocol online. Now, remember, guys, if you have been diagnosed with some kind of horrible disease, you know, make sure before you start doing treatment protocols that you work with your medical doctor in your area to figure out what to do. If your medical doctor in your area is not interested in helping you from a healthy nutritional standpoint and only wants to use drugs, 
find yourself a medical doctor in your area who's willing to do that, a naturopathic physician or a doctor who's been trained in naturopathic care who's also a medical doctor, an MD. But guys, I, mean, I, need, I, I want to say one thing real quick. If someone called the office, actually they emailed the office repeatedly this week saying that they demanded to speak to me because I said I would try to help people as much as I possibly could who listened to the Hagman Show. Now, let me quantify that and qualify that just a little bit. This is so important because I don't want to mislead anybody. When you call me up and you want me to do a third-party consult, in other words, your brother's uncle has a cousin who has a next-door neighbor who has a little sister who has a brother over on the other side of town from a prior marriage who's got some problems with their daddy who's got a health problem, and you want me to call that person up and talk to them, I'm not going to do that. I have absolutely no way to do that and make it effective. They don't know who I am. They don't want me to talk to them. I have no credibility with them. If they don't want to call our office up and say, hey, look, you know, can we talk to you or whatever, I can't help you with that. I, I, I can't do that. I won't do a third-party consult. So please, don't contact us and ask me to do that. I ask you from the bottom of my heart, please don't do that. It just sets up a whole bunch of messes for all of us at the office when you do that. Secondly, if you're taking supplements from another website or your doctor or whatever, and you want me to tell you why those products aren't working, I can't do that. I don't know those products. I didn't manufacture those products. I can't tell you if they're any good or not. And we certainly can't have our staff go through the entire list of your product that you're taking to try to figure out why they're not working. For instance, like with our healthy blood sugar protocol or our healthy joint protocol that you know we did for, for, for Dave Hodges. You know, we know the supplements that we manufacture and the products that we use that work. And so when you ask me to try to figure out why your products aren't working, I can't help you. Now, if you take our products and you don't get the results that you want, I've got a simple guarantee. I just give you your money back. You know, there's no questions asked. Just return the products. We'll give them back to you. That's how strongly I believe. I mean, if you if you order this ultimate multiple and you go, I don't like this stuff, Ted, just send it back. I'm okay with that. I have no problem with that at all. And we'll refund your money because I'm not going to sit here and tell you that something's going to help you or could be a good supplement and you not like it. And me say to you, I'm not going to refund your money. Now, we have some limitations on that. You have to do it like within the first 90 days. You can't do it six years from now when you decided that you forgot this thing was in your pantry and now you want to basically return it back to us. We don't do stuff like that. That's nonsense. Now, also, we really like to help folks when they order their supplements from us. You say, well, do you mean we have to order our supplements? Guys, how can I help you if you take stuff from somebody else? If you're taking a product from somebody else, and it's not working for you, here's what I suggest you do. Let's say you're going to one of the box stores and you're buying the really cheap vitamins that pretty much don't work. Go to the pharmacist, because most of these people dispense drugs, and ask the pharmacist to help you with the supplements they sell to try to correct certain conditions. Let him help you. That's very important. Or if you're doing it from one of the local vitamin places, ask them, call them up and ask them. Or go to the store and say, hey, look, what do you suggest that I do with this? And maybe you'll have somebody there who can help you with supplements. But guys, please, don't call us up and ask us about other people's supplements. I know that sounds kind of like something, like a dead horse that I'm beating right now. That's really important to me and the staff because it takes a lot of time out, especially this lady got so adamant, so angry, Doug, that I wouldn't do a third-party consult. We had to basically spam her emails so she would stop sending us multiple, multiple emails. Now, if you're listening and you're that lady, I love you. I appreciate you for listening to the show. But I realized when I looked at your name up that you never have bought anything from us. You've never purchased anything from Health Masters, and that's okay. A lot of you just pray for us. I'm so happy to hear that. And like you said earlier, Doug and Joe, this one lady said, we don't have the money to do that because we're living on a fixed income. I understand that too. And in some rare cases when people have problems 
with health and they simply can't afford it, I'll send them stuff for free. I've done that so many times because I know if I'm being led by the Holy Spirit to do something, if I obtain that synchronicity lock we talked about in that first hour, and I feel the Holy Spirit wants me to do something, I'll try to help them. The only problem you're going to have then is I have to send it to them free the next month and the next month and the next month and the next month. That becomes a problem, too. I remember, remember years ago I had a friend of mine he's about to file bankruptcy, Doug, and he called me up and he says, can you help me with my monthly budget? And his monthly budget was like $8,000. And he had completely overextended himself and had lost his job. And I told him, I said, look, I'm not going to mention his name. I'm going to make up a name. His name was Alfredo. Now, that's a completely made-up name. And I said, look, Alfredo, I said, I have a problem with this. I said, if you want me to help you with your budget, I said, you got to help. let me help you with what you need to do to cut the budget back down and not expect me to pay your monthly expenses because, quite frankly, if I gave you $8,000, I'd have to give you 8000 again next month or somebody else would. That's You've right. got to cut the budget yep. down. And so we looked at his budget, Doug, and we could take like $6,000 out of his monthly budget, just extraneous stuff that he didn't need. He needed to have his house made, have house payments done, his cars were paid for, he needed to have food. We could drop the whole thing down to about $2,000. But he couldn't have the 14 premium cable channels that he had. He couldn't have the $1,800 a month in health insurance that he had and all these other things that were things that he didn't need. He didn't need all that stuff in his budget, yep. but he was unwilling to do that. See, here's the thing, guys. It's like with your health. If you're 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight and you feel absolutely horrible, let me ask you a question. How bad does it have to get before you start making healthier choices? You know, when I talked to Doug, I guess it's three, four years ago now, when he had the problem with the blood sugar issue with adult onset diabetes, I said, Doug, you know, there's some things you have to do in your diet. You have to change some lifestyle choices at this point. You can't be drinking coffee all day. You can't be eating sugar. You can't be doing certain things. And he goes, you're right, Ted. i got to cut back on that. And he did. Now he's no longer diabetic. But see, if Doug had continued doing the things that he had done and was doing, it wouldn't have helped. And see, that's the thing I'm telling you, I'm asking you guys right now. When do you say enough? How heavy do you have to get? My 16-year-old daughter had gained about a pound a month for the last 18 months, and she was getting kind of thick. And I said to her, I said, her name's Alexis. I said, Alexis, I said, I need to ask you a question. I said, how big are you going to get? She goes, what do you mean? I said, what's your goal? Said, what do you mean my goal? I said, well, do you want to be... 100 pounds overweight, 50 pounds overweight, you're 20 pounds overweight now. I said, where do you want to be? Where do you want this to fall into? I mean, where do you want to go? And she goes, well, I really hadn't thought about that. I said, you need to think about it. Because guys, okay. think about it. Cue the feminists now. Well, that's true. Think about it. See, see, Doug, you know, I've had so many people. When I went to my 30th high school reunion. We had people that were there that had gained like a pound a month. Yeah. Well, a pound a month isn't much, but 30 times, you know, 12 is a lot of weight. They were huge. And you're like, wow, how'd that happen? It happened one bite pull at a time, and eating the wrong foods on an ongoing basis. But let me, let me, let me get back with this. Uh, the Amish who don't get vaccinated very rarely get autism, cancer, or heart disease. I've got a friend of mine who's Amish, and he tells me that he doesn't know anybody in the Amish community and never has known anybody in the Amish community that's ever come down with autism. Here's another one. 600 reasons turmeric may be the world's most important herb. I take about 10 turmeric a day. Those are the ones that you have when you were showing. Okay, so that's what you do normally? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let, me tell you, let me tell you why. These That product reduces inflammation in the body like you wouldn't believe. You take that with D, with potassium iodine, that turmeric every day, it literally, massively reduces your chance of ever coming down with any type of cancer to virtually zero because of what it does. When you have cancer and you put turmeric in your body, it's like throwing a wet blanket on a small fire. It just puts it out. It just takes care of it. Katie Whalen, who was one of, uh, who was the, used to be the former co-host with Dave Hodges, 
she had breast cancer been diagnosed with that. Her doctor out there in, in Colorado put her on the turmeric along with the iodine and, and the black seed oil and some a few other things, and she was able to completely recover from the cancer without using any drugs at all. She did have a lumpectomy, and she was able to actually come off and not have to ever go on any medications for the breast cancer, and the doctor announced her as being completely and totally healed. I mean, guys, it's so important. I mean, I, that's why I take them every day. I take like 5 in the morning and 5 at night, and it really stops inflammation. If you have like an itchy skin or you've got some tough allergy, allergy reaction or whatever, it's one of the best anti-inflammatory agents you're ever going to take. It's been shown now to be one of the most effective agents for arthritic conditions. So I just take it every single day just from a healthy standpoint of it because it's that good of a product. By the way, cholesterol-lowering statins, have now been shown to cause damage to the peripheral nerves. You know, I don't make this stuff up. These are really good research articles that we're pulling up. This is one of the biggest problems with statin drugs. Remember, when you're taking a cholesterol-lowering drug, any kind of statin, you're massively increasing, number one, your risks of cardiovascular hardening of the arteries with calcium accumulation in the arteries, which is what it's supposed to try to help stop. It doesn't. It makes it worse. You're massively increasing the amount of memory loss you're going to have, which has now been included on the label as one of the side effects of statin drugs. You're massively increasing the risk of kidney failure. You're massively increasing your risks of cancer, particularly when your cholesterol levels go under 200. In addition to that, it unbelievably destroys your short-term and long-term memory. You become basically just, forgive me, Lord, kind of just stupid on it. You can't think anymore. And I've had so many people. In fact, I just had a guy in the other day. We had to replace our phone systems at the office. And he said, Ted, can you help me with these statin drugs? And I said, what's wrong? And he goes, I can't remember anything. I'm like 48 years old, and I feel stupid. I, my whole memory is shot. That's one of the side effects of the statin drugs. The statin drugs are single-handedly the worst drug that's ever been approved, in my opinion, that the FDA has ever approved. They don't do it. They cause heart disease. They cause diabetes. They cause cancer. Yet they're given to people like they're candy from the doctor's offices. They're unbelievably bad. If you've got cholesterol, you want to lower it down. If you're over 300 or around 250, you want to bring it down closer to 200. I don't suggest ever going under 200. You can change your diet. Shoot, you can just drink half your body weight in fluid ounces and distilled water every day, which if you weigh 200 pounds, drink 10 10-ounce 10 glasses or 100 ounces of water. You can take vitamin E. You can take cod liver oil. You can take sustained release niacin. And in most cases, you'll do that. Just doing that will lower your cholesterol down to a very low range without ever taking a statin drug. But you've got to get off the pork. You've got to get off the hydrogenated oils. But you've got to start drinking more water. Water is absolutely critical in all the body's functions. Another article. The study shows that Roundup has now been linked to non-alcoholic liver disease. And, guys, it's really important. A new study published Monday in Scientific Papers Online, open access journal from publishers of Nature, has shown that glyphosate-based Roundup herbicides cause non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in rats in very low doses. Guys, it also causes cancer in these same animals. I believe it causes cancer in you because the studies from Monsanto say that. Their very own studies say that. You've got to start eating organic. And I believe also that Monsanto's glyphosate is linked to autism, and a lot of studies have come out and said that also. Another article, Hidden Dangers of Mammograms, Every Woman Should Know. And one of the biggest problems with this are the false positive diagnoses and all of the poison they do with the radiation and the chemotherapy and the surgery for women that have been misdiagnosed with breast cancer. Now, this is another article that's amazing, and this is by England. Her name is Christina England. Scientists prove a link between aluminum 
and early onset Alzheimer's disease. That's one of the biggest things that we see, Doug, in our office when people calling us up now and talking to us is they've got a loved one who's in their 40s or 50s and they're losing their memory and they're being diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's disease. Guys, you know, just the other day, my my stainless steel copper bottomed pot from Revereware had lost its handle and we were cooking with this frying pan to cook up my stuff that I eat all the time. You know, like my, it doesn't matter, my healthy stuff. I eat a lot of sauerkraut, a lot of chicken, a lot of rolled and baked and cooked chicken. And my mother-in-law went to a shop, a second-hand shop, and she found us that same piece of Revere where it's like 30, 40 years old with a handle on it, and we replaced the pan that we had. Yep. And yes, it was only a few dollars for the pan, a couple dollars, yep. right? And this is so important. You don't want to use aluminum cookware. You don't want to cook with aluminum foil. You don't want to use baking soda with aluminum crystallicillate. You don't want to use antiperspirant deodorants that contain aluminum. We have the, one of the best non-aluminum deodorants. Oh, that's, yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta have to second that. Trust me, ladies. Yeah. Um, especially ladies. Please, 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 please. If you do nothing else, buy your deodorant from Health Masters. And, well, yeah, and, and, yeah, somebody, just say? and, and, and you know, you, sometimes you only have to use it like every couple of days because it's a magnesium deodorant. It works absolutely wonderful. And remember, studies have now shown that women who use antiperspirant deodorants containing aluminum have higher incidences of breast cancer. And the tumor cells in the breast tissue when they're examined have a lot of aluminum in them in the studies that I've read. And they're saying now there's a causative link now between antiperspirant deodorants right here under the arms, right next to the breast tissue, and breast cancer. So, don't use antiperspirant deodorants. They're really that bad. And I really am amazed that people still use aluminum chlorhydrate. It's just one of those things you don't need to put in your body. And also remember, things like Maalox and Tums used to use aluminum. I'm not sure if they still do or not. They used to be loaded with aluminum as basically something to neutralize stomach acid. And you don't do that. I've had so many people who've used a lot of Maalox when they were younger. Their families bring them to the office and they're suffering with senile dementia or early onset Alzheimer's disease. Guys, you can't pour stuff into your body like these different antacid pills, et cetera, that contain aluminum. They're that bad for you, and they really do cause an increased risk of senile dementia. Another article, reviewing the benefits of vitamin D and the recommendations for vitamin D. I can't tell you how important vitamin D is in reducing the amount of cancer, autoimmune diseases, inflammatory diseases, how important it is for pregnancy. And, you know, it's really, really critical that you get this information and learn that vitamin D needs to be given to every single person, and their vitamin D levels need to be tested. And if you get your vitamin D levels around 70 or so on the test, it makes it very difficult for your body to ever come down with cancer. Another article, The Science and Pseudoscience of Children's Mental Health. This is something that people need to understand. We've had so many kids that have come to the office over the years that have been diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. In fact, I wrote a book on it. Uh, it's available online. We don't have any in print. Uh, you can get it for a couple of dollars, dollars a book. It's called Maximum Solutions to ADT, ADD, Autism, and Learning Disabilities in Children. And we link the immunizations and the diet and a lot of things to kids that have been diagnosed with autism. Plus, we also talk about ADD and ADHD and how in our office we used to have, it was well over an 80% success rate in working with children diagnosed with attention deficit disorder who started on our Eat, Drink, and Be Healthy program who basically were able to completely get off of their medicines like the Ritalin and Adderall without any side effects. Because, guys, remember, when you keep a child on Ritalin and Adderall for an extended period of time, 
it really causes a lot of issues with those kids. Those are amphetamine salts, and they're extremely addictive. These are Schedule II drugs in the same category with morphine, opium, percodan, and demerol. These are not these are not good products. I mean, these are products that are given to children to control their behavior, not to correct the ADD. I'm going to repeat that. They're used to give to children in the school systems to control behavior and outbursts in the classroom to make them controllable and to calm them down because in the developing brain, amphetamine salts have the exact opposite effect as they do on an adult. They make them calm down and focus more. In fact, Gene Hayslip, the former head of the DEA, head of diversion control, said that Ritalin was one of the top ten drugs slated for pharmaceutical theft and that it's sold openly on campuses in college campuses for kids to study because as they get to that age, when they're 20, 21, 22 years old, it really geeks you up and makes you have really good retention with your brain because you're taking an amphetamine. I mean, methamphetamine is Ritalin. Methamphetamine is meth. And they're so close that they can easily have the same effect. In fact, in one study that I read, Gene Hayslip said also that people don't realize that Ritalin is like cocaine and it can be treated and it can be abused and that people were actually taking Ritalin as grinding it up and snorting it up their noses and getting the same kind of effect that they would cocaine. I mean, I'm not recommending any of these crazy things that people do, but guys, listen to me. These are serious, serious drugs. These are This is serious medicine. Same category as morphine. Why in the world would you put a child on a Schedule II drug before you try dietary change? A lot of these kids have allergies, the red dyes and the blue dyes. They had all kinds of health issues because of their diets and lack of proper nutrition and prenatal nutrition. Now we've got another whole problem. A lot of these kids that are being diagnosed with ADD and ADHD are also partially autistic because of the nagalase, because of the vaccines, because of the glyphosate, and all the things that we've talked about so many times on the show. We need to understand that before we put children on really, really strong drugs, or any drugs for that matter, we need to know if there's a natural alternative. We've got a natural a natural acidophilus products now for kids. I should have brought that and showed it tonight. We just released that last month for kids that are like two and three years of age if they've ever had ear infections to help restore the natural flora in their intestinal tract. They actually chew these antibiotics. They get into their intestinal tract and they help to break that constant cycle of ear infections and helps to prevent having to have tubes put in their ears. So there's all kinds of natural things that you can do with children and with adults to stay really healthy on an ongoing basis, Doug. But it has to start one step at a time. Remember, I've had people come to me and they say, well, you know, your product costs $25 for a bottle of multiple vitamins. I'm like, well, yeah. And they say, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm saying, well, you go out to the grocery store and you spend, you know, two or 300 bucks for groceries or you go out and you buy a pair of tennis shoes for 100 bucks or 200 bucks. I said, which is more important, the tennis shoes or your healthy vitamins? And they said, well, I haven't thought about it that way. Well, that's what everybody needs to realize. Sometimes we need to make choices based upon our abilities to get the healthy nutrition that our body needs rather than getting things that we don't need. We have so many people that I know, Doug, they buy things they don't need with money they don't have yep. to impress people they don't know. <laughs> one of the things I've always taught my children is this. You don't finance toys. If you want to get an SUV or not an SUV, a four-wheeler, like a, you know, like a whatever you want to call one of those things, don't buy it if you don't have the money to pay for it. Just pay cash for it. Don't finance toys. It's so important. That's another thing that the fellow who had the bad budget was doing who's financing toys. Guys, you can't do that. If you've got a boat payment, probably need to sell that boat. It'll probably be one of the happiest days of your life because they'll get that albatross off of you because, guys, don't do that. Keep yourself as solvent as you possibly can. It's a lot healthier for you, too, because it doesn't allow you to get all stressed out about money all the time, and it keeps your cortisol levels down, and you'll probably live longer, too, Doug. Yeah, exactly. And that concludes this episode of the Dave Ramsey uh, <laughs> uh, 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 University uh, 
Yeah, no, it, you're exactly right. It, but if I can just say one thing to the listeners out there, um, you know, we talk about preparation, and we talk about uh, long-term storable food. We talk about precious metals. We talk about all of this. But one of the things you can't replace is your health, or you so. can't. And in my view, and, and I, I would, I, I would do if if I did nothing else, if I got nothing else out of this program, I would go immediately to Health Masters and start buying my multiple vitamins at the very minimum from Health Masters. And if you're, if you really want to do well. Go ahead and um, vitamins. Uh, your, the B vitamins are just absolutely terrific. You can actually feel the difference in vitamin C. That's at the very least. And then if you've got problems with blood sugar and such, of course, check out their website, healthmasters.com. I, I am, a, I, I don't, I'm not just a consumer. I endorse this. Okay. I absolutely stand behind Ted's products. And I've never, look, I've never taken products that work so well. And it's the way they're made. And, and he's he's got videos showing their their laboratories. It's incredible um, stuff. So thank you. I want to thank you for for all that you've done for our family with respect to health. And uh, we will never ever. I mean, even if you said, "Hey, Doug, you and I, you know, no longer friends," I'd still buy your products. That that's how much I believe in them. That's never going to happen, Doug. We're always going to be friends. But oh, real quick, a third of the population can't afford proper water. Fluoride, chlorine, everything else. Look at our distillation systems at Health Masters. We have the finest quality distillers. Doug has one of those too. The water tastes great. Actually, tastes sweet when you drink it. It's a phenomenal product. Thank you so much for your time tonight, Ted. Folks, Thanks. make sure you uh, bookmark and listen to uh, Ted's radio show each day, three to four p.m. on Global Star Radio Network. Also, the twenty-four hour listen line, as well as right after our show on Global Star, you can yeah. catch the rebroadcast. Thank you, brother. Talk soon. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Love your audience. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate you. Love you too, Ted. Take care. Until next week, stay safe and have a good weekend.